Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 121, which is the 1968 film Bullet. Of course, that is directed by Peter Yates and starring the fabulous Steve McQueen. And what did we decide to pair it with? The 1977 film Smokey and Bandit, and that is directed by Hal Needham and, uh, of course, starring uh, Burt Reynolds and Sally Fields. Why would we pair these two films? That seems a little odd. Well, I'll tell you what. We have been actually egging to try to do Smokey and Abedit for a while. I don't know why, but we wanted to do it. We've been doing a lot of heady movies, a lot of very serious movies, a lot of very good movies, a lot of Oscar-winning movies. Uh, and Smokey and Abedit seemed like it needs to come in here to sort of like cleanse your palate a little bit. We didn't know what to pair it with, and we were thinking cars and car chases. Like, we got to do Bullet. We have to do Bullet. So, of course, we went back to the well for our, ni- our late 60s, early 70s films from America. But Bullet is a great film, and it was really cool to see. It was nice to see Smokey as well, because I hadn't seen that really seriously since I was a kid. And, uh, you know, I always worry when I see movies like that and saying, eh, do I – are they going to hold up? Are they going to look good? Uh, and it did. It looked great, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it is definitely very goofy, but that's not necessarily a problem for me. So uh, really great to have these two movies together. So great pairing, a lot of fun. A uh, couple of announcements. Uh, I will be out of town uh, actually for a while. I'm doing – got multiple both – business and pleasure trips going for the next three weeks. So there's not going to be any Twitch recordings for three weeks. Uh, so if you follow us on Twitch, you know, just hold off. We will be back. Don't worry. We'll be back. It's just not going to happen for the next three weeks. Uh, so that won't be happening. Now, the regular podcast schedule, we have enough recorded that was not going to be interrupted through this process. So don't worry there. So just don't – we'll continue to do that. Now, we this also gives you an opportunity to give us a bunch of suggestions for the next podcast recordings. So we would love to know what those are. The best way to do that is on Discord. And if you'd like to know what our Discord is, if you're watching us on YouTube, just go to the show notes of this uh, of this of this uh, recording on YouTube, and there will be a Discord link in there. If you're not following us on YouTube, this is your opportunity for us to, for you to do that. So go to YouTube.com/slash at Martini Giant. Again, that is YouTube.com/slash at Martini Giant. Don't forget to subscribe and to like, and then just go to this podcast and look at the show notes and the Discord link will be in there, as well as a bunch of other links that you may be uh, of interest to you. All right, that's out of the way. So now we can enjoy episode number 121, which is Bullet and Smokey and the Bandit. Enjoy. And somehow Smokey and the Bandit came up. Hey, Dave 3D's here. Hey, Dave 3D. Uh, the Smokey and the Bandit came up. And you, I, it kept coming up. Like Eric kept bringing up Smoking the Bandit for some reason over the last several weeks. And I just, well, because we've been we've been trying to pair it with other things because it's so light, and we've been covering so many like depressing things, right? And so like this was a way to, and we just couldn't be like, smoking okay, well, let's do Phantom Thread and Smoking the exactly, exactly. Just try and like make it make it a little bit the bandit uh, and Taxi driver, yeah, exactly. <laughs> taxi driver and the bandit. Oh man, can you imagine if uh, if Jackie Gleason played the uh, Red, Martin Scorsese blue. role? <laughs> Red, white, and blue. What was it? Red, blue, uh, 
this the Sklarsky movies, the red. Oh yeah, blue. yeah, yeah. Red, uh, white, and blue. Yeah, yeah red, fantastic. white, and blue, yeah, and yeah. smoke, uh, and smoking <laughs> the bandit, blue, and smoking the bandit would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> the decalogue and the smoking marquee. the bandit. Just to put that on a marquee in an art house would be so <laughs> awesome. Be, Tonight, smoking the bandit and crash. Yeah, and exactly. Smoke. Crash the the good crash that is the good yes. crash and smoking the bandit. They're both about cars. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They both both have romance. Yeah, I think that's a good pairing. I would actually, I would love to have a, like a separate sub podcast of bad combinations. It would be amazing. We just try and have the worst possible. Oh well, that's the th- I had this idea. For the, you know how I come up with great film <clears throat> festival <clears throat> ideas, film mm-hmm. festival ideas. Mm-hmm. Yes, and mine was um, bef- it was called um, Before and After, and Hit and Run, and it was the uh, a director's best film and their worst film. Oh yeah, that's good. I like that. I like that. These are good ideas. We should actually enact these things. See, like what they do with like other podcasters actually make these into other shows, like whole other podcasts that where they are like, it's Martini Giant hit and run, you know, and then we only cover that and that comes out separately. Yeah. yeah. All right. But, <laughs> but like, no fucking way. Chris, I'm Thanks to have to do more podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> I mean, I can, except I'd have to stop doing everything else. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, okay, so uh, yes, Burt Reynolds as Travis Bickle would be pretty hilarious. Yes. Uh, <laughs> curious. I wonder. I wonder just how what he thought Burt Reynolds because he was big time in the seventies. Huge, huge. I'm wondering what he thought of De Niro's movies in like seventy four through eighty. Like, oh, it's horrible crap. That's not the Yeah, bet well, you, you know what? I bet you it's like Death Leopard and The Cure. They go throughout in the 80s, right. but there were very different, like, parts of music. And right. I think these are very different parts of... So well, did he but, like De Niro, or did he, he was just like, he's right. a punk? Because, like, like he, he he did do his... Uh, he did do serious movies. Like, he did like he did Deliverance and stuff like that. Like, But those just didn't... Like, Deliverance did well for him. Um, but I think he had like one serious movie that did not hit and he's like, fuck this. I'm just making silly shit for the rest of my life. And then, um, and he didn't get back to quote serious movies until the eighties when he just made serious cop movies like Malone and stick and, um, what do you call it? Uh, Sharky's machine Sharky's and stuff like that. Machine. Yeah. Reynolds is Sharky. Gator smoking the bandit, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean like, yeah, can you imagine him in Zardoz? Like I would love to have seen him in Zardoz. That would have been something. Was he cast? No, no. He was like, he, like, there are some movies that he was cast for that I was surprised that they even considered him, but he didn't get the gig. Terms uh, of endearment. Terms of endearment. That's one of them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which like, is can crazy. That. That's actually a little bit more on the money for him because astronaut, you know, yeah. kind of yeah. hot shot. Like, when you bring in Nicholson, like, I love Terms of Endearment, but Nicholson was already. Too famous. Pro- professional Jack Nicholson by that point. Yeah, he was. Yeah, wasn't quite, um, he wasn't quite acting anymore. He was po- post-shining Nicholson is, is a different experience. Uh, an entertaining experience, but a different experience. But uh, I've always respected uh, Reynolds, and uh, I love him from his earliest films. I love him through his shitty 80s movies, and I love him in his weird little attempts. Shitty 80s. Uh, shitty 80s. So good. Like, those are great. Those, like, really sleazy action movies he made. Man, oh, man. Those are, um, it's like a, you start one of those at midnight, 
you'll be happy by two. Imagine, if, <laughs> could you imagine, I was thinking, that one film that, did Schrader write it where it's like, uh, what's his name, goes to find his daughter who goes into Hardcore, porn. yeah. Hardcore. Yeah, with um, George C. Scott. George C. Scott. Imagine yep. if Burt Reynolds played that. That'd be interesting. Like, uh, like Scott, like I actually just watched Hardcore, uh, like last week because it's part of, um, uh, it's one of the things in Tarantino's book. And I was trying to catch up on movies I had not seen in a while. And, uh, like, uh, he, uh, like he points out something where I'm just like, like, I think it's interesting that George C. Scott is almost a little bit on the nose casting for Hardcore. Like he's just like rage. And that's what he does almost the entire film. Entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, like they don't get any variants after a while. Like he's like, he plays nice guy, George C. Scott, and he jams it right into the, you know, the high gear for angry man, George C. Scott. And having someone like Reynolds would, would have made it like at least a little bit weirder. Like that would have been like, he, sh- I wish that Reynolds yeah, and- had gone out on a limb like that. That would have been better. Yeah. Cause you never got a sense with George C. Scott, like, why she chose to do it and and what it is the act itself right and reflecting upon that it's more right. like i am it's like death wish it's just revenge in a, in a way even when he doesn't emote it it's still you know it's yeah like revenge. <coughs> he's it's an interesting character it's the searchers it's the searchers for sure it's Hello. the searchers. i mean it's taxi searcher. driver yeah all this stuff like, yeah it's the searchers talk about this but stuff. there's kind of oh i could have fallen prey to that kind of vibe he yeah he's not like that. Because, like, I don't really understand why. I mean, like, I suppose it may be, it may be more realistic. Like, she ends up, like, the big reveal of the movie is that she chose to go to do this. She wasn't, like, kidnapped to go and do this. Uh, and she's just like, you're, you know, I, of course I left. You're, you're smothering, you know, the super Catholic, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, that's not really the vibe I got from the beginning of the movie. Like, he seemed like an okay guy. Like, he's sort of like maybe a lame dad. But not like oppressive, terrible situation. No, it's just sort of like you know, it's like met, met plenty of families like that. Can I interrupt for a second? Please no. do. Okay. Hi, uh, welcome to our show. That's not the movie we're covering today. Oh, that's so true. Let's, let's actually let's talk the, about what the we're movie actually we're where we are covering yeah, but today. These tangents are what makes people into. I know, but we, we haven't saying, even started. I haven't even had an opportunity to tell the God, titles of the movie. We did say Smokey the Bandit. We got we halfway did not through. say Bullet, and we're going to start with Bullet. Bullet. <laughs> Bullet. Man, you there were a hallway monitor. I'm definitely I am. <laughs> I like, am. Jesus. I know, I know, I know. And I know it's Roll with it, listen, baby. I don't I don't mind your ADD because I think it I don't is have good ADD, ref- but I do like broccoli. <laughs> That's true. It That's is true. good. <laughs> but yeah, no, I uh I'm I am uh, I have recently become a Steve McQueen fan, actually. Um I have I was not a huge Steve McQueen fan before. But in the past year and a half or so, uh, and Bullet was the capper to that. I love him in Bullet. I think this is his, this is his champion movie in every way. So I'm I'm looking forward to talking about that one. Bullet, Smokey the Bandit, car movies, car chases. In fact, yep. Okay, so uh, I hadn't seen Bullet in a long time, mm-hmm. very long time. I I've <clears> only seen it once, maybe on the. My my grandma's Sony Trinitron TV back in the eighties, 
right on hbo or something you know whatever it was yeah and you saw it like blown up to fill the screen so it's sort of like just pictures of mcqueen's face like this (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 so it was all and and the cinematography in it is whole i yeah some of the best yeah it's dynamite that movie is dynamite yeah yeah and it's it is it should be the gold standard of how to make a car chase seem seem oh, feel about dangerous it. Yeah, so good. and yeah. you know it makes it makes like uh uh, uh Michael Bay films look like he's playing with well, matchbox cars. Well, you can see cars. where everybody <laughs> cops from him. I was thinking Kaczynski. I was thinking everybody when yeah. I was watching it. Last time I saw it was like four months ago. Mm-hmm. I've seen it a lot, and um, what, what, I bullet you bullet you've seen a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, I told you. I worked. At, I shared an office with the guy that designed the titles. And so, oh, is it the same guy? And the and the titles are dope. We should start with the titles because yeah. they are great. Well, that's what he told me because he was – well, I shared an office with Pablo Ferro for like three or four years. Right. Uh, late 90s to the 2000s, uh, 2000s before Sky Captain. And it was Melrose and Cahuenga. Kooky guy, but been, he, was, he cut all the films for Kubrick. He mm-hmm. did everything. He directed a Stones movie. His best friend was Hal Ashby. But he was really close from the Queen. Mm-hmm. And he told me they stayed. He, he was bored, McQueen, during the shoot. The shoot. And he said, "Pablo just come up because they were staying at that hotel, the one mm-hmm. at the top of the hill where you drive in. That's mm-hmm. where they were staying." Right. And so basically, he said that you know they were smoking joints one night, and he had a shell casing from the set, and he just was putting it to his eye back and forth. And then he got McQueen <laughs> to do it on the couch right. in the suite, and they said, "That's our opening." That's how we do it. Yeah, because like for anyone who has not seen the movie, like, he was there when they were shooting where all they those put car in, like, scenes. So it was cool stories. I was like, like wow. The design, the design of those titles is, is great because it's one of the things where they sort of put a the the, the, move, the moving picture of the next scene inside the text as you move move By up the to way, the text. Well, it's the text. It's it's the it's the image, the yeah. text of the actor or whatever the title right. is in white, and then that disappears and. In, yeah. And then the alpha or what's left over mm-hmm. of the letter becomes what the next just so, image yeah. is, and it tr- and it wipes into you as yeah. it's it really nifty. The it's place fun. that I worked at on Melrose Cuenca was the last place in Los Angeles that had a um, print uh, or negative a developing license that they got in the late '60s. So they stopped doing that because it's carcinogenic. And ah. so you, it's like taxi medallions. Well, right? hold on. Yeah. Well, this is, I know very much about this because Karen, I mean, Photocam is the last place that has a license at all in the okay. entire country. The last license issued, issued was yes. to Title House. Title House. And just to clarify, and those guys basically like cabs medallions, they bought yes. it, Photocam. They right. didn't get the license. They got it from a company that probably went out of business in the 70s or 80s. And mm-hmm. they had retained the license fees, and then they sold the rights to it. That's pretty much how it happened. But all that stuff, this place was half optical, and I worked in the digital department designing titles. And that optical move was for 1968 or seven. That's a hard thing yeah, to do. That's a good move. It's a like cool the move. Like the track – the to create that alpha or they, I think they shoot it like yellow and then mm-hmm. they pull the yellow. I mean, it's a lot of really hard work. Yeah. Uh, so it's totally, it's like, 
it's almost like Jurassic Park yeah. of titles because that kind of stuff is, you know, it takes a lot of shooting and over again, and then you develop it and then you bring it back and right. you shoot the and you reprint it on channel. top of itself, etc. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. just goes. I mean, in any kind of screw up, you're screwed. You have to do it all over again. Well, it's also like it's the kind of thing where, like, what I love about McQueen is that, like, and you kind of brought it up, is that McQueen in real life was kind of a hippie. Like, yes, yeah, like he's he was totally like uh, I forget after he starts dating what's her name like he really gets into like the the sort of open leather shirt kind of you know kind of style and uh and his movies however are very tight straight laced movies and uh and so like they there are these very um uh so he tends to make these things like because the getaway is the same way where it's like a uh, like a classic tight thriller kind of not conservative but it's a very straightforwardish movie in in most respects but his weirdness keeps on pushing the edges of it. And that's the first thing you see in Bullet is with those titles. You're like, the fuck is this? You could have just done like Love Boat titles, dude. That would have been fine. But it puts you in a different space. It puts you in a totally different space. It does. But it also helps tell that story. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're basically figuring out everything. Yeah. It's putting the pieces together. Right? The pieces yeah. Together it's it. really yeah. great. And um, it's a wonderful set of storytelling. And that's why I think that kind of stuff that he ended up cutting all the trailers mm-hmm. for Kubrick, like yeah. Strange Love. Strange Love is probably the best trailer I've ever seen. And in my he life. designed the titles for Strange Love. Yeah, it's great. Pablo. He did yeah. all of Kubrick's films. Incredible. And he also did Men Ashby's. in Black. Yeah. Yeah. And he also did Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he was there. one of the big ones along the lines of what's the other guy's name? I'm thinking Bass, Saul Bass, Bass Saul Bass, Saul Bass. Yeah, but yeah, you know, love, Pablo love came from Saul Cuba Bass. and he basically worked for Warhol at the mm-hmm. Dom on St. Mark's Place doing all the light shows. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's super groovy, man. And like, because uh, I I like the I, like it's a vibe I wish would come back. Because what's the other? Um, what's the Lee Marvin? Point Break. Uh, uh, yeah, Point Blank. Point Blank is fantastic, right? Yeah. And like Point Blank has that same like semi-hippie, semi-Reagan America combo. Reagan America. <laughs> it's wicked cool, man. It's wicked cool. Like I think that because uh, like uh, uh, McQueen for me as an actor, like the less he does, the cooler he is. Yeah. And by the way, the no, director- he barely talks in this film. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. This film is so silent and beautiful. I, mm-hmm. You realized on this one, I was like, God, is this not – the silence is great. You don't need a lot of dialogue. No. Yep. Yeah, it's and all it, visual. And, it, and the story is fairly complex. <laughs> well, it's not, it's sort of unfollowable. Like, like I mean, it's it's followable, but it's not important. It's, like, but you get the sense that it's important mm-hmm. because it's really against him, against that Chalmers DA against, guy. Against the, and, like, and the thing and the, is, when you realize it's his Chalmers' fault because the wrong guy is coming to give a testify, right? And he says that it's just like you realize, oh, that puts everything into context so well. But it's kind of late in the game. You're just kind of following along. All right, well, hold on men, a second, Eric. Hold on a second, Eric. Because the whole point is that people may not have seen this, so we're going to go through Let's that. Let's talk about it. So, uh, and so that sort of skips towards the end of the film a little bit. But let's, let's, let's talk real just quick pace. I'm sure uh, who has seen Bullet in our chat, who, who, who chats with us? Uh, let us know if you've seen Bullet or not. I'm assuming most of you guys have seen Smoking the Bandit. 
Uh, so I'm not sure that's going to be too much of a spoiler on that one. But uh, give, us a, give us a little heads up on that. But we start with the title sequence. And in the title, the title sequence, it's actually really – it jumps into the titles, but that's actually a key part of the film mm-hmm. while the titles are happening, right? And this is during a time when uh, titles were sort of – the beginning of the film and usually not that much always happened. They just have a mm. title, it gives you a flavor of the yeah, film. It's, it's but then the film starts the right beginning after of the, the title. It was the beginning of the renaissance of that. Right. Because yeah, it was really Saul Bass and then to people like Pablo and then uh, Perry, Dan Perry, I worked with him at that mm. place. He did all of Scorsese stuff like Taxi Driver and stuff. Yeah, that's and, good. One. That's good and, set too. Um, New York, New York. Yeah. And, um, but the thing is, um, about that film, it's almost like they give the whole thing away in the in the because, titles. In the titles, because <laughs> yeah, the other yeah. guy lets him go, and you realize yeah. that's his brother. Yeah, he just like like, like this is what like there's a uh, there's a great essay so, online right now. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to go ahead. What actually happens in the title, Eric? <laughs> so what happens is you see a room. And it, it seems like a business office late at night and right. somebody is there stealing something and it feels hiding. a little, uh, it feels a little, uh, uh, what's the, uh, what's all the, the president's men, all the president's men. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and then other people come barging in the window and you realize he's been caught and he escapes, but he escapes the guy who was in the office suspiciously is being chased by these guys at the, who break in to see that he's doing what he's doing. And then he goes down to the basement, and there's a guy there smiling. He gives him a pat on the shoulder, and that guy takes off. So you're like, that's odd. The guy just let him go. But there's a story to that, and that you find out later that was his brother. But right. Th- but so one guy gets away, and another guy smiles, mm-hmm. right? right? The guy who gets away... Wait, which one is he? <laughs> he is he is the accountant for the mob, and he just stole money from right. the mob. Right, and then the other guy is his brother. Is his brother right? And, and they so, talk about that. He's clean. He's clean. Well, he's not actually because yeah, he not, let him get away. He let him get away. Right. Uh, so what we then go to right after that is the next morning in San Francisco at the San Francisco Police Department. Um, and we meet our two, our, our main hero, who's Frank Bullitt. Um, and he is with his, uh, uh, basically been assigned by the, 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 uh, the chief to guard some guy named Ross over the weekend who's a key witness, uh, against organized crime. Right? Right. Yeah. And this Ross guy is the guy that essentially stole. He was the accountant for the mob, which is essentially midnight run. Mm-hmm. And it's yes. the whole thing. And so yeah, and the untouchables. <laughs> and the untouchables <laughs> right. and uh Willy Wonka. All and not Willy Midnight Wonka. Express, that's a different one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did like did you catch in Willy Wonka that it was Augustus Gloop is actually the accountant right. for Slugworth? And he's like, Come on, Charlie at the end and he's driving. Yeah. You're like You stole Char- fizzy lifting drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're racing through and the We will space. prove it in court. <laughs> yeah, it was unbelievable. You're like, Oh my god, it's uncanny how close it is. Um <laughs> But yes, so so then, Chris, continue. Okay, um, so they have this Ross guy, accountant, accountant, mm-hmm. 
and they're supposed to watch him. He's supposed to be a key witness for the against the mob, right? Yep. Uh, and the person is uh, who wants to keep him as a witness, who's pressuring him, is uh, this guy named Walter Chalmers. 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 Yeah. Uh, played by um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Robert Vaughn. Robert Vaughn. Oh, he's so detestable. Yeah, he's amazing in this thing. He's just like the classic bad guy. And what's what's really great about Vaughn in this is like he's not like because uh, spoiler alert, like he is not like it's his fault, but he's not like like an evil. Um, he's smug, arrogant. Yeah, jerk. he's he's just a shitty fucking politician jerk. Like that's all, he, and he never turns into anything else. Usually at the end of these movies, like that he actually hired the guy to kill the someone, and like that's not true. Like he's he's just like he's just a douchebag. <laughs> I, I, what I liked about it is that you're suspecting him the whole time. Like oh, something's yeah. going to be dirty about he this. He feels guy. like he feels oily in that way, where you're like that. Like, I know oh, no, that he motherfucker's the, behind this. He works for the mob. No, because he's, he's trying. He's pressuring. <laughs> he's pressuring the mob to do this. He's pressuring them to. You yeah, know, he's like, just he's an like, asshole. He's like he's the one who's going to go kill Ross, even though he pretends right. like he's protecting Ross. Yeah. But, like if this were the 1980s, Steve McQueen would have a gun on Robert Vaughn at the end, and it's just and he'd be like, "Diplomatic immunity just been revoked, bang!" and blow him out the window. But that is not what happens in this movie. He's just a fucking jerk. Yes, he's just <laughs> an it's asshole, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so here's it. Okay, so so we know that basically the mob is around. This guy is a witness. This Ross guy is a witness to some big, you know, organized crime thing. And he's in San Francisco, and that basically Steve McQueen and two other guys are set to uh, watch him, right? right? And so they set him up in this cheap motel in Embarcadogo, uh, Embarcadogo uh, and uh, they sort of take shift and they do their whole thing, and uh, they're they're looking out. Now, here's the interesting thing. <laughs> I got, like I said, I haven't seen it for a long time, so like I got certain details confused. And I'm, since Eric, you're perfect since you've seen this so many times, you can go through with me. But basically, one of the guys said, "Hey, Chalmers just called. He's coming up." That's right, right? Yeah. Which it wasn't Chalmers. It was it's some it's the bad guys, right? Yeah. It's the it's the it's the hitman. Yeah. Okay. So. Ross, they told him don't do anything, but Ross unchains the door. Yes. Yeah. Why? Because I'll tell you why. It's because he wasn't Ross. But did he? He didn't he know he was going to get killed? No, he no. thinks he's like he, he thinks it's going to be a deal. Like it's a deal. Yeah. He like, basically is a. He is basically not Ross. He was hired by Ross. And Ross gave stole two million dollars. So Ross mm -hmm. comes to him and his wife and says, "I'll give you, you know, eight hundred thousand dollars, and you guys just take off and go to Europe." Right. And he thinks that the guy that's to coming do, to the door is going to get him out of there. Yes. Oh, that's what it is. Right. Because that's why when he gets on the bed backing up, he says, "I thought, wait, I thought we had a deal." It's like this Boom. is yeah. this is not what, and that's the thing. Right. 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 So he he knows it's not. Chalmers, but he thinks it's someone who's going to get him out. Mm -hmm. Yes, and right. Ross is thinking, well, if he they think he's me and he's killed, then I'm good because then we're fine. Right. 
Right. So he thinks it's actual Ross coming to save him when it's actually the mob coming to kill him. Yeah. Thinking that he's Ross. Right. And Got so it. like, yeah, right. that's what it was. Cause I was right. like, that was the one part that was confusing to me. It's like, why did he let them in? Well, because <laughs> he had a deal. Yeah. So yeah. They yeah. Basically now, now said, it makes sense. They're going to come in sense. and knock the cop off and you're going to escape and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Right. And your wife will be at the hotel and right, you'll right, pick right, her up right. later. Right. But the, yeah. but the, it sort of points out that like this the reason why this movie is great is like it's not that the plot doesn't make any sense it just is that the plot is sort of secondary to the execution of the movie like absolutely it doesn't ruin like, the movie that I couldn't quite yeah, follow doesn't that make part. any difference exactly like like you can watch this movie and be like what why what is Steve McQueen doing you don't care what Steve McQueen is doing he's doing it cool <laughs> like, <laughs> he's about to, like, I don't know what it. you're doing but keep doing it it's <laughs> keep cool doing it. it's amazing <laughs> whatever that is is great yeah and like that's that is it like there's a great essay that was up like uh, a month and a half ago this dude talking about uh, vibes movies and he's just like vibes movies are movies where like pot doesn't super matter like don't pay attention too hard to the plot like you're just in it because like you're in the groove and lots of dudes talking about crime details <laughs> yeah <laughs> this like, is definitely like, one of these movies like top gun <laughs> yeah exactly like who gives a shit with that like yeah they're they're talking about tech specs on a jet okay that's great whatever it doesn't matter no one have to know any of that stuff yeah it sounds cool. It sounds like they know what they're talking about. No, 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 this is not to say that the plot isn't very interesting. It's definitely a very no, it's interesting good. plot it's very and well solid. executed. Yeah. And so, and what's um, amazing is the dialogue is probably it's probably twenty five pages of dialogue. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's and it's I, I believe that McQueen worked on that to bring it down as much as possible. Like he's just like like this is there's a particular character that he's trying to sculpt in this performance. And that's really why the movie works. I think it's a breakthrough movie for cop movies. Tarantino oh points God. this as well, but it's just like the, that. It's sort of like this is very different than cop movies of the day, and uh, and and Bullet himself is a character that you're not used the to seeing. Only thing similar to all the other cop movies mm-hmm. is the flute and the snare drum snaps. Exactly. Anchorman. That's all it is. Yeah. But it's awesome. It works. But yeah, you see, like, there are whole sequences in this movie where you don't even hear the dialogue. It's just cool editing and music. And the guys just, like, driving their cars. Oh, 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 and cool camera angles. Cool camera angles. Yeah. And there's so much, he's so much that he does in reflections. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Like there's this great shot when he's going to the hotel. It's just this establishing and shot Duval's of going to a hotel in it as well. Which yeah, is Duval, a little bit part for Duval is pretty fun. Oh, Duval is awesome in it. I'm going to continue this part yeah. and say, yeah. but you're just seeing like a door of a hotel and a revolving door, right? So there's tons of glass and glass. It's like it's lots of reflections, reflections in front yeah. and behind. And then you see him arrive through the reflection and then come into frame and then go through the revolving door. Yeah. And it's just this it's sick. All, it's so cool. <laughs> it's and the low sick. angles. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like they were doing GoPros it's before a, they were GoPros. <laughs> it is, it's in this, they focus so hard on making this movie a mood movie that, uh, like it puts you in this sort of, like it puts you in this mindset of, uh, of, um, of like style over substance in the way that the style is the substance that lend it makes it feel more real and more intense. Like, cause the plot, like you can imagine the same plot being done on Kojak, right? 
Like it's not like yeah, it's it's fine. But it's the way that they do it that yeah. makes it feel really, really big and heavy. Yeah. And it's it's totally, totally amazing. All right, I'm gonna go on a small tangent. Hit it on this one. So, uh, uh, Bullet's girlfriend is played by by Jackson Bissett, right? Yep. Jackie B. So there is a movie that is a French movie <laughs> that my friend Axel and I, when we were teenagers, probably saw like fifty times called Le Magnifique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And this is this is an important part because it's actually gonna relate to smoking the band in some ways. Like I would get cultural oomphness because remember mm-hmm. I was living in Athens, Greece. I would get cultural stuff from watching VHS tapes or Betamax tapes of movies, right? Mm-hmm. And Le Magnifique was one of them, which was really the, I watched that movie like fifty times. And it stars Jean Paul Belmondo. <laughs> Right. Nice. Nice. And Jacqueline Bisset. And she mm-hmm. speaks French with a weird accent because she's not French. Right. 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 Uh, but a name like Jacqueline Bisset sounds like she could be French, which right. is also French. So I always assumed she was French because that's the only time I'd ever seen her. That was the yep. first time I ever saw her in a movie. Right. Jackie Bisset. <laughs> right? right. But the, the plot of this movie, it's a comedy. Right. And the plot is it's. Jean-Paul Belmondo is a, a, a cheap uh, uh, novelist who writes cheap uh, uh, spy films, mm-hmm. like James Bond things, nice. of this actual character. And it's super, super cheesy spy stuff, right? But what happens – and he's, he's, a, you know, he's making barely enough money, but he's turning out hundreds and hundreds of these books. But he lives in this crappy apartment in Paris and – his neighbor is Jacqueline Bisset, but he's just always had a secret crush on her from a distance, right? Mm-hmm. But as he – every key that he p- hits on his typewriter, the the the, the plot of the c- crappy book that he's writing unfolds itself. Right, right. Right? And it's – he's like some spy in Acapulco or whatever mm-hmm. it is, et cetera, et cetera, right? And the the what happens in this story is – he falls in love with the girl. The girl gets very interested in him because of she's writing some psychology paper about stuff and she thinks that his books are this perfect catalyst example of humanity or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And she keeps wanting to talk about him and she really loves the character in his book. And then he gets angry at the character in his book. And so he starts sabotaging the person in the book and making <laughs> right. shitty things happen to him right. because he's angry at him. But the character is also played by him in the right. book, right? right? And Jacqueline Bisset it's is symbolic. also in the book, right? <laughs> yes. right. And and it's just this thing about them going back and forth between this, this fail, fake thing. And, stuff. and it's complete comedy, ridiculousness. And uh, I've been trying to find it. And so what is that movie again? It's called Le Magnifique, which means the magnificent one, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> Right. But I think the American title is The Man from Acapulco. Uh, hmm. But yeah, it, I think it might be available on Canopy. And I'm going to uh, look it course. up. Of course, yes. The good old, good old Canopy. I'm going to yeah. look it up. And it's, it's not necessarily – Ben Maldo died, by the way, last year. Yes. Did he? Yeah. 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 Stone cold, cool dude. 
100%. He is, he is, I mean, and this was at, you know, this was him in his seventies. He was yeah. really, really top of his game, top of his game, but he did, he, what was cool about Ben is he did action. He did serious and he did comedy. He did all yeah. three of them very well. Yeah. Yeah. He is uh, pretty great. Pretty and great. His, this is one of his goofiest comedies. I mean, it's, Almost Austin Powers, but it's got this existential thing to <laughs> That's it. That's funny. Yeah, so it's a, it's a touch of, uh, what's the, uh, Emma um, Thompson? She is the oh, writer. Yes. And, uh, um, I remember that. That was a good one. That's um, a good movie. Uh, what's it called? With Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Mm. And it had the Stranger chance. Than Fiction. Stranger yes. Than Fiction. So Which we I did like cover. It. Yep. And then somehow, Daniel, you didn't have it or you couldn't rent it. Something happened. Yep. It ended up being a good movie. I like that movie. Good yes. Movie. But anyway, um, I just definitely, it's like, suddenly, like when I saw, because it's around the same time, just as, you know, maybe a few years earlier, and she's a, you know, stone cold, beautiful woman. Like, yes. Yes. Gorgeous yeah. woman. Is she English? Arguable. She's English, right? I thought she was. But yes. Yes. But yeah, she's, uh, she's good in this. She is, uh, like, she doesn't have too much to do in this. Doesn't have too much to do. Yeah. In fact, she could, you could have written her out of the whole script. She, like, fine. she's written to be sort of like a Ally McGraw role right yes. yeah you know just like it's producer's girlfriend role and uh it and is so, a bit yeah she, but, they, but they, she is good she's they give her a, a purpose and it sort of puts a button on the end of the movie yes that's true that's that's true. the only thing it really yeah. serves apparently she is the reason why the deep did so well oh yeah well i was just going to pull up the uh the dude that shot this movie shot the deep and uh with nick Dolphy. the poster is yep. what sold the movie uh, it makes sense she was like Almost naked in the yeah movie. yeah exactly yeah, but um but yeah this this guy the guy who shot this movie we're talking about how great it looks is William Fraker his career's a little bit up and down but he shot Rosemary's Baby um wow. and uh, uh what's the other great one oh yeah Exorcist Two the the Heretic which is a mess of a movie but I do want to recommend that people see it because even though it's like it's the hottest hot mess movie ever made. Uh, it is nowhere near as good as The Exorcist at all. It's mostly laughably, it's horrible. The acting is generally terrible, but it's such a big swing weirdo movie and the visuals are insane. So this director of photography, William Fraker, and the last thing that I want to note that he did, and it's a good transition for later, is Sharky's Machine with Burt Reynolds. Wow. <laughs> okay. And first of all, he was nominated for multiple Oscars. Yes. No, he's quite Including excellent. War Games. Yep, nineteen forty ones with it's a terrible a film. Good looking movie, like it's, it's like yeah, and it's sort of um, it's it's like Spielberg trying to this is Spielberg first trying to develop his look because like Spielberg uh, worked with Vilma Zygmunt when he did Close Encounters, That's and beautiful. which is an incredible looking film. Zygmunt's one of the best directors of photography of all time, and so he kind of gets Fraker Didn't he to also try do to Deer Hunter. Maybe, maybe I'll look that up. Um, but he, he tries, I, you know, no, it's, yeah, you're right. It's Sigmund that did Deer Hunter. Um, Breaker also did One Flew Over the Cuckoo's One Nest. Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, yeah. Um, but, uh, but like he tries to get Fraker to do, uh, 1941 in the Sigmund style and it comes out closer to, um, uh, uh, Yanis Kaminsky, who he later works with on all of his post 2000 films. So this guy is a weird transitional director for a lot of directors. Well, I gotta say, it's, it's really great to see his work because it was just so, it was so cool. Like, mm -hmm. his, like the reflections, the way he shoots, the, the low angles. He, yeah, he nails it, man. You know? And, and there's one stop, I mean, it's obviously an editor's choice, but the, the, 
freaking car actually hits the camera and they kept it yeah, in. Yeah, and they keep it in. They keep it in. <laughs> yeah, because like the other uh, master in this film that you have to talk about is uh, the, where is it? Hang on. Ta-da. Where is it? Production. Where is it listed? Yeah, okay. So um, uh, Frank Keller is the editor. This is such a brilliantly edited movie. Oh, my like, God. Car, car chase, chase. Uh, yeah, the car chase is its own work of art, but right. the whole movie is a down to the frame, a perfectly edited film. Like he, like he lets things run into awkward territory at every turn, and yeah. Yeah, like he'd rather let the the picture tell the story. So like he he just cuts out on dialogue. Like fuck these guys, we don't even hear those guys anymore, and like pays attention to the framing, and it's just it's just brilliantly cut, brilliantly yeah. cut film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's the, definitely he also, is. Also, the orchestration of cars mm-hmm. and extras, I noticed, was so good. Yeah. yeah. In the driving sequence. Yeah. Like, you know, in the hospital or just people crossing over, it was perfect. It was and, the, like, and, the, and the hospital scene where he's hunting the dude down in the hospital is pretty great. great. Like, that's that's like a like French Connection level little little chase down. It's mouse, really, really yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah, I really like that quite a bit. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this, this movie is just... Like it's one of these. I feel the same way about like Soderbergh's movie Out of Sight, where I'm I like, I love Out of oh, Sight. Out of Ch- Sight is J-Lo is so yeah. good in it. It's Kazan, Kazan. What's that yeah. guy's name? Yeah, and Steve, uh, uh, yeah, Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn. Zahn. So good. I it was so high. We had to stop a pullover and smoke a J just so I could go, you know, <laughs> like that dude. But like that movie, if you describe it to someone, it's hard to get people to see it because it doesn't sound like much. But when you see it, you're like. Oh my God, out of sight is amazing. Like it just, it washes over you. Bullet is exactly the same way. Bullet is like what you get done with bullet and you feel like, like you've been transported somewhere. And, uh, and it's, it's really a really unique film. And it's so simple in every way, but it's, it's brilliantly, brilliantly done. But McQueen. So let's talk about McQueen for a second because he, the reason why I love this movie, car chase aside, we can get to the car chase. But the reason why I love this movie, it comes down to essentially one scene which is when Vaughn comes to bitch him out, right? And Robert Vaughn, all right. And he just goes, uh, like, Vaughn, like, spends three minutes yelling at this dude. Just like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to, and he tells him everything he's going to do and I'll ruin your life and blah, 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 blah. And Queen just goes, oh, excuse me, and leaves. <laughs> yep. And it's like you want to stand up and applaud like every like it's the difference between every other action movie hero would be like oh yeah tough guy line or oh yeah your mama whatever it is right this is just like oh, excuse me and he just fucking leaves <laughs> I just, went, <laughs> just like yeah i got you whatever buddy you know what you know what it reminds me of it reminds me a little bit and we just watched the other day for some reason office space yeah, yes. When, yes. He, when he's like, he's like, uh, uh, yeah, you didn't come in on Wednesday. Yeah. Just walks around them and just doesn't even acknowledge <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> like the total, like not even passive aggressive uh, dismissal, but just total dismissal. Like this is, I doesn't matter. I'm just gonna walk away from this guy. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Like, it's ferocious. Yeah, it's very, very funny. Okay, so basically, so two men get shot, mm-hmm. right? One of the cops and Ross gets shot. Now, they're not dead, but they're both shot, mm-hmm. right? So, taken to the hospital, hitmen get away, um, and uh, uh, hold on a second. What happens? Uh, I'm trying to remember what happens from here. Well, because like the, the – uh, another little note that I love is the 
uh, the doctor who's taking care of the guy is black, right? right? And McQueen is just like, he's just talking with the doctor and getting the information. And it's all cool. But when Vaughn shows up and meets the doctor, I want like, a better doctor. Like he's super nice with the doctor. Like, Oh, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. And as soon as the guy leaves, he's just like, I'd like a better doctor on this. And it's, you're just like, you racist fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like you lying right. low he's not, racist he motherfucker. Enough, he's not yeah. mature enough. <laughs> yeah. He's not mature enough. I just don't believe he's mature enough. Yeah. And like, and so it's bad enough that he's clearly doing it because the dude's black, but he's yeah. also doing it. Like he's also lying to the guy's face when he's talking to him, pretending like he's totally cool right. with him. Like, so he doesn't even have the balls to, like, like be racist to his face. He's just like, I'll be super nice, and then I'll be racist behind your back. Like, fuck off. You're the and worst. And again, this is what starts <laughs> to make you question this person. Like, what are his motives? Yeah. Like, I want he a different doctor. He must be the ultimate villain. <laughs> he must be the boss. It turns he's out he's just a douchebag. He's, he's just a bureaucrat. a bureaucrat. Just a bureaucrat. That's the worst kind of villain. <laughs> so, uh, and so, he reminds me of the guy in Ghostbusters. Yeah, he's exactly. He's the William. Oh. Uh, what's his name? The uh, that that the, who's the in guy, the, He's the nice guy in um uh, the Goldie Hawn Spielberg movie. The in yeah. uh, uh, Midnight, Midnight, Midnight. No, no, uh, Sugarland Express. Sugarland Express. Yeah, Sugarland Express. We've had a lot of Midnight Express, Midnight yep. Run, Sugarland yep. Express. William yeah. Atherton. I just that William came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's a William. He, Atherton he plays type. the bad guy, which is. <laughs> The environmental protection. It's the best. My favorite part of a Ghostbusters is the secretly conservative movie. <laughs> it is. A, it's a Reagan movie. It's, <laughs> it's a, a Reagan very movie. Reagan movie. And you don't I realize it. Oh, wait a yeah, minute. It's a total Reagan movie. It's we like, are, oh, we are, we are, we are, the bad guys are the environmentalists. Greenpeace yeah. sucks. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All these goddamn liberals Liberal. trying to make rules <laughs> to keep us from poisoning people. Keep, keeping, uh, keeping the common man from uh-huh. Yeah, making us and uh, you know uh, a buck. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Walter Peck. That's right. That's Walter Peck. Yep. Thank you, Jason. Yes. Walter Peck. But yes, you know, this, true. this man has no dick. Oh, perfect film. <laughs> perfect film. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, where were we? Okay. So in this situation, basically, I'm just trying to get a, a little bit ahead here. Um, Ross. Dies at the even though there's there is an and the second assassination attempt which bullet manages to thwart, mm-hmm. but during that time, Ross dies on the operating table. Right? Yep. Right. So, but bullet doesn't want people to know that he's dead because then that would end the investigation or end his case, mm-hmm. and he wants to find out who's been trying to assassinate the guys. So he pretend he tells him take the body to the morgue as a John Doe. Right. Hide him there. Hide him there and we'll pretend Ross is still alive. Right. So that the guys are going to keep coming and I can catch him. Right? right. That's the plan. Right? right. I, I didn't get this yep, wrong. No, right? that's right. That's right. Okay. Um okay. And then uh okay, so then he finds out that uh through an informant, right? Is it an informant? Yeah. Yes. How did Duvall get involved? Duvall got like Duvall was a cab driver, driver, right? And the cab driver drove Ross around, drove someone around before, yeah. And and so the fake Ross around, right? Right. Right. So he has him repeat the the journey. Like tell tell me where he went. Right. (laughs) So he's driving around with Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall is a cab driver. Is kind of a. It's funny, man. I love that. Yeah. Especially like, I mean, like he's. Like he's kind of on like Duval at that time 
is like he, he's like one step below breaking out, you know, and you're just like, oh man, Robert Duvall was, uh, uh, the the very religious guy in Mash, the very religious that, Frank Burns in Mash. Frank he's Burns hilarious in Mash. He's great in Mash, um, and he's also I, another movie that I just caught. Uh, if you want to see a badass Robert Duvall, uh, watch uh, the oh shoot, the name just slipped out of my head. It's such Coppola's a generic first name. film. Not Coppola's first. It's a uh, Rain People, uh, but uh, it is the. Hang on, uh, it's also in THX eleven thirty eight. Uh, yeah, too long, but a great film. Uh, the 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 oh my god it's right i hate but just keep talking i'll get it one second all right all right uh but uh yeah the no, outfit the outfit there the it's the outfit badass man badass film he's so uh, he there's also duvall always has duvallness to this to him mm-hmm. yep. right uh and by the way not related to shelly duvall I know. I didn't know that till a couple of years ago. That's yeah, they're weird. not related. It was assumed <laughs> that they were related, but they right. just happened to have the same last yep. name. Yep. Uh, but and the uh, same father. No, they don't. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and they're married. <laughs> uh, no, but he uh, also did a. Uh, if you've never seen Secondhand Lines, which is a pretty good film, actually produced by Digital Domain, uh, where produced we by Digital Domain, Scott Ross. Uh, but Duvall was in that, and he's really good in it, actually. Yeah, no, he's he's an amazing actor, no doubt yeah. about it. And so, like, he's a little overcast as a cab driver. He and is it, a little overcast <laughs> because you assume he's going to have a like. He seems like a big character. Yeah, right. but he seems like he, he caught up in a little bit more like this kind of guy. Yeah, just some. You know, you get, that's what stock characters are made for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just plug and play, please. Yeah. Get that guy. Get one of those. That guys. Yeah, I, uh, I got that guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, he stopped over here, got himself yeah. a ham sandwich. But instead, yeah. it's Robert DeVogel. He stopped over here. He got himself a ham sandwich. Wow, I'm really compelled by this taxi driver. Yeah. I'm wondering if the director chose people that looked really great silent. Mm, yep, that's true because right. he's going to shoot a quiet, basically a silent film. Right? Yeah, and he just sits there and you get a lot he broods. of space. Yeah, he just yeah. broods. Yeah, he's and amazing. the way he gets annoyed. He made a long-distance call. Yep. How do you really? know? He How'd used you know? a, lot a lot of change. <laughs> Like how would you? Else would you know? And it's like <laughs> so that kind of stuff. But it's just it. There's so much in the face and eyes yep. that um, it works. Right. Yeah. He's he's something, man. He's something. But it's like it's like now when I go back and watch um, movies like Twister, and you're like, wait, is that Philip Seymour Hoffman? <laughs> like just as like side character, oh, like yeah, yeah. comic relief guy. Oh yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. it's hysterical. What was the movie? We I were, loved him. He was oh, so great. The, the we were we were talking about during our Eastwood episode mm-hmm. it was um oh god uh uh, uh in uh, uh not Hogan's Heroes uh uh Kelly's Heroes uh the guy from Alien that we always talk three names. Oh, Harry uh, Dean Stanton. Yeah, Harry Dean Stanton yeah, is like yeah. the comic relief background guy. You know? Yeah, he just like he just shows up. You're like, whoa, that's, <laughs> like, Harry, that's, Dean like, that's Harry Dean Stanton, right? Yeah, okay. like I like I just like I just uh, wanted to point out if you want if you want to see if you watch Twister again, I just have to recommend this. Twister has Alan Ruck from Succession as part of the team. Philip Seymour Hoffman is comic Which sidekick guy from Succession. He's the old the old the older brother with a different uh, mother. Uh, Ferris oh, Bueller, right? Ferris Bueller guy. He's Fer- in it? Yeah, well, he's he's in Twister, right? I saw Twister. Oh, right. He's, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is in Twister, and the director of Tar is one of the gang. <laughs> what? So you're like, what? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's hysterical. 
the director of Tar is what is is one of the uh, is one of the background good guy characters who chases tornadoes. I'm pretty sure this is true. I'm gonna have to look this up, but like uh, if I'm thinking of him because he was an actor before he was a director, and he's he's a bit part actor in Twister. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. I gotta, so, so we find out a couple of things. One, we find out through this process that Ross, as we've been telling you the whole time, is not actually Ross, and that there's another Ross. So this is when Steve McQueen finds this out, or Bullet finds this out, right? And he's starting to understand, like, oh shit, there's another guy, there's another Ross, and he's alive and in San Francisco mm-hmm. and trying to leave town. Right. And that the long distance phone call is to a hotel in San Mateo. Right. Right. So called his girlfriend, but they're like, no, that's not the same Ross. Right. And they figure out it's not the same Ross. Something's different here. Right. And they also find out through the informant that, um, uh, his, what was it? His brother is clean. So they don't have anything on him, Mm -hmm. but someone else is playing, played Ross that came here. Right. So they, he finds out what was that? Name was Remick. The the, the yeah the Remick. Well, Ross got his name changed. Like he got a new passport, right? He fake identity. Am I correct? Yes, I think that's right. Right. Or maybe Ross was a fake name, but finds out li- later that Remick is he's going under the name of Remick, as is his wife. Right. No, the the guy that was the dupe, the stand-in okay. that got shot, that yes. was his wife. Right in the hotel, right? Yep. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Right. That's all right. he had to do is pretend to be Ross. He and his wife would fly away, and they have a then, shit ton of of, right. Home of, of money, and they're gone. Right. Right. That's said, right. Now I admit, that, that, right, that makes sense. So and his real name is Remick. His Rennick. Right. Rennick. Right. Yes. And and so, uh, so he finds this information out, at which point he. He goes back and uh, with the cab driver to his where he lives or whatever, and he realizes he's being followed by the two assassins. Yeah, yep. it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. And so uh, he drives. Now, here's the thing. If you go up and you look up Bullet on Google and you look Google Images, all you're going to see is a green – Mustang. Yeah. The most famous thing about this movie isn't Steve McQueen. It's the green Mustang. (laughs) It's the green Mustang. Right? In fact, Mustang totally embraced this and made a bullet edition Mustang later in the 2000s, right? Or something like that, right? So, like, that was the thing. It was like, it's the bullet edition Mustang. But wasn't it it a special Hemi engine or something goofy? No, it wasn't a Hemi engine. It did have a different engine. Hemi is a uh, uh, Dodge a thing, okay. not a Ford thing, uh, as far as I know. No, no, you're right. Uh, I'm not a car guy. I just thought it was like a souped up kind but of. But the other car that's chasing them is a Dodge. It's a Dodge Charger, and that definitely has a Hemi engine in it. It was a minivan originally. It was one of the first minivans. <laughs> it was, it was a, a Voyager. Mini- it was a Plymouth Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. It's the it's a Dodge uh, Charger, which Dodge I believe Charger, yes. is also the same car that the uh, General Lee is. Yeah, from. Dodge Charger is also famous from um, uh, well, not uh, Dirty Larry, Crazy Mary. It's the what's the other famous car chase movie? Um, 
Anyway, like that's like Tarantino uses a Dodge Charger as part of the plot of Death Proof, and so it's a it is the great car chase car, and, uh, and it's this, a it's a big it's like it's the, a, the big muscle car car. It's yes, it's the big muscle car car, and it is driven in this movie uh, by an actor that like an actor you're like oh that guy. Well, he before he was an actor actor he was a stunt driver. And okay. so the, the guy, guy who, glasses? the guy with the glasses is, his driving. Like you think that he is an, I thought he was an actor he's that was so playing good. the part. He's fucking great. And he's actually a stunt driver the whole time. And that's why he looks so fucking awesome in this movie. So he, he's actually driving the car. He's really driving. And the McQueen car. was driving the car. And, re- and McQueen's really driving his car. Right. So it is like a no joke, you know, like there's no fakery going on. Like it is. Oh, safe. there's some fakery. There's, but... I mean, like uh, for the really dangerous shit. Yes. In fact, like the, for the really dangerous shit, the guy from the charger is driving the queen's car, <laughs> Right. but it's like the, the, they push it as far as they can possibly push it with a multi-million dollar actor right. to make it look real. Right. And what's interesting is that basically it's pretty, it starts off really tame. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you know, like the, the other thing I like about it is like, you know, that this, movie is famous for its car chase right mm-hmm. it's one car it's like you watching the born identity and like going okay yeah. when is when does the car chase start right? right um and so uh there's no car chase that happens at the beginning it's just mm-hmm. one car following another car mm-hmm. and it organically happens which is really yeah. great it slowly right. picks up <laughs> right right all right, right yeah and then suddenly like you know he's driving and then he realizes he's being followed by another car. Right. Right. And then. Well, he, he notices sort of, the car when he gets yeah. into the car. He, yeah. He, yeah. He and, notices the car when he gets into the car. Yeah. And then he gets, he keeps driving and then they follow him. And then all of a sudden. He flips it. He flips it. <laughs> he flips it. So and he's following them, which pisses them off. Yeah. So exactly. So he, he moves to an area and they can't follow him. They're kind of looking around for him. And then they look in their rear view mirror and they realize that he's now following them. So yeah. he's kind of around this time. The flute picks up a big tempo. Yeah. That's right. Extra flute. They get the Jethro Tell yeah. going in there. Yeah. They brought yeah. an extra flute yeah. in, which you can totally tell. Oh, it's stunt flattest. That's so, yeah. stunt 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 so I do want to note that Dave 3D says it was Vanishing Point and he thinks it was yes. a Dodge Challenger, not the Dodge I, you Charger. You are correct on both points, Dave 3D. Yes, definitely. Vanishing Point was the movie I was trying to think of, and I, I believe like that, that is a – that's a cool movie. That's a very cool movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so now so – what are the – if we're are we going to talk about the car chase yet or are we going to well, Yeah, we're getting into it. We're about okay. to start. We're what, about to like, start. <laughs> what I would say, what are the things – if you were to treat this as a filmmaking lesson – what did you learn from Bullet's car chase? Like, if this was if this were a filmmaking uh, exam, what would you what what would you say? Bullet taught me this because these are the things that worked. Because I think everyone could learn from Bullet. I think one of the big <laughs> things that I it, you're reminding was that the silence they weren't screaming, "Get out of the way!" Yes. or the hysteria. Yep. There was a calmness Great to point. them, like a cat and mouse, like really hunting. And you get that feeling at the end at the airport, which is very heat-like, mm-hmm. is that it's just cat and mouse. Yep. Right. And it's like that. So there is no they're, – they're absolutely in charge of the moment, you yes. know? And he – but just quickly, he reiterates that at the end – Oh, are you still there? He just froze. That's you just that. froze, Eric. And he's gone. Oh, Eric and dropped he's gone. Out. All right. So pick it up for where you guys. All right, all right, all right. Sorry, <laughs> we will get Eric back hopefully, 
and I will jump him back in. But uh, all right, I'll tell you what I think was important, especially Hit the it. car chase. Uh, the car chase was uh, basically uh, there was first of all, you know, it's about to start when you have the seat buckle. Yeah. Click. <laughs> Click. Like the bad guy yeah. buckles his seat because yeah. I'm it's about to get start serious. this car chase. <laughs> it's, right? it's about to get serious. Right. The yeah. other thing that I realize is that you don't, you don't need a bunch of, uh, 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 edits. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do a lot of fast editing and right. fast music at all. In fact, right. When the car chase starts, the music stops. Yeah. Like it, it, it's I would, all about the car noises. I would go so far as to say the music of this car chase is the engines of the cars. And this, and this, the wheels squealing. Yes. Like that's what you're really listening so to. So the sound design is all about that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is you gotta make it iconic in a place like San Francisco. San Francisco, right. Where the streets are crazy, where you right. should never be doing 100 miles an hour right. down a hill in San Francisco. And they make you really aware of what each section, what the challenge of each section of the car chase is. Like there's nice big wide shots that give you a good lay of the land. Right. And then every shot contains information about how this is getting worse. You know? And like they, they uh, like, so it, it stacks the problems on top of mcqueen with every shot and you not only get like because most car chases um in most movies are just sort of nondescript places like it's just shots of people driving fast you know and doing this and this like you get like it's like it's almost like he's shooting like a a kung fu movie or a comedy like it's Mm. just Big wide open. No, shots. kung fu movies are edited really fast. This is well, not you, edited. No, like as fast. Great, the great kung fu movies are not edited fast. The great kung okay. fu movies are big stages, and you are watching real pros kick the shit out of each other in a widescreen. Yes. Right. Now, also because, as you mentioned, these are wide shots, right? Mm-hmm. Normally, they're very tight. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing what happened to Eric. Hold on a second. Yes, that's fine. Uh, lightning struck outside getting power back. Okay. So oh, he's shit. out. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, hold on. I'm just replying. Okay. Uh, so he knows that we, we still care about him. Uh, <laughs> but the thing <laughs> is, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it, it, it's, there's a lot of, uh, there's something about the way that this is done where it's like, it feels m- way more real. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, there's a couple things that they do that they still do in modern films. Mm-hmm. The standby people mm-hmm. are moving very slow. Yes. Right. 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 right? Yeah. So right. the guy stopped at the stop sign. The guy's slowly going into the intersection. Right. The person's slowly walking across the street. All of that is feels very dangerous, but you can tell. These have to be stunt people because they're like, stunt this, people. The shit right? that's going on is just insane. So right. it's very. Very interesting the way to do that. Now, there's another one. There's one shot. And there's also a key things, right? It's it's like GoPro before GoPro. Like he puts cameras in places that they yeah. don't normally put cameras in 1968. And, yeah. In, in, like, yeah, with cameras in 1968. It's like, where am I going to put this uh, half of a refrigerator? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah right? It's, it's so heavy-ditty. 
it's and so they and he has low angle camera. He's got this really low angle camera of a car. Mm. Like when a car mm-hmm. comes in, is like really low. It's like, yeah. oh my god, that's awesome. And it, you know, nowadays we do that stuff all the time. But back yeah, then, it was easy. right. It was but challenging. They had to really, to do that. yeah, like yeah. they had really to figure out how to do that stuff. And like, uh, because the the his the director the director is Peter Yates, right? And hey, hey hold on, he's he's back. Fun. Hold on, let me let me reconnect him to the feed. Uh, Eric, thank you for joining us back. Oops, hold on. That's wild, dude. That's insane. Hold on a second, Eric. I'm just putting you back in the feed. Yeah, so um, Eric will be popping in one second. You'll see. Everybody, Pop- there you away. go. You're there back, Eric. Hey, thank you so much. Hey. Yeah. Sorry guys. Um, so you just get hit by lightning <laughs> outside. Yeah. It's oh crazy. my god, that's brutal. Yeah, we don't we don't have such things here in the LA. city of I angels. Know. Yes, that's right. I'm new to this freaking humidity world. Um, but so uh, we're we're talking about the car chase and all the cool shots and angles and why it feels good and how people should could learn from this car chase thing. Yeah, the silence is yeah. and, and and basically you don't need to you let the action speak so much so there's less of like. I got you. Oh my God. Move, move the car. Even when the car is blocking him at the intersection, he doesn't say anything. Right. And he just kind of keeps going. They stay focused. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's, there was a lot of great stuff in there, but I think it's the, the conservation, like the real, just let the image and the, and, and the movement you see through the cars that you're going just control you. And you get this, this, this tremendous sense of, scale of like how far they're driving where they are driving oh, to yeah and like it's like it you know sort of circles through the city and then drives way out into the hills right right uh and but so it's like, also there's also like those <laughs> those cars are heavy yeah and you feel it and you feel it yeah and when they make a violent turn and skid yeah like it doesn't feel like a little you know subaru not, impreza wrx yeah. like yeah, it is like no. It feels like a it's like it's like a blue whale trying to make <laughs> like this. Yeah, yeah, it's insanity. And like the and like when they when they vault up at the top of the hill and you hit the like you know, they hit the grass. It's like, like the transmission. Like, oh, and they count all the hubcaps flying off the cars, oh, which so is good. the best. So good. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, and like it feels dangerous as. Like yeah, so it's dangerous, so physically satisfying. This this car chase is just so out there, of control. There's a couple of key key things. Like one is like there is a shot of Steve McQueen's uh 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 Mustang coming towards you and struggling to keep traction on the road yep. and try to and the car is or the camera is on top of a dumpster. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And. They hit the dumpster. <laughs> the yeah, car hits yeah. the like dings it. Bam. And yeah. it's and it's and it clearly did it. It clearly yeah. did it because the camera just goes bonk. <laughs> yeah. And they did, and they saw they had it, they're just like fucking leave it in. It we'll leave great. it in. We'll leave yeah. it in. It looks amazing. It looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and uh, and you're like, uh did they continue driving? Yep, they did. And by the way, Which there's a scrape on the side of the car. In films where it just crashes in and ends. Like what was that? they do that kind of it crashes into the camera throwaway shot. They yeah, do yeah. that now a lot where it just, it goes straight for the camera. Yeah. And, and but uh, now, now they, now, like now it feels planned. 
like now it's like he it's like this the, looked like it was this, this looks like he was trying to get away from the dumpster yeah, yeah. oh yeah no yeah. that was an accident yeah but they do that now they just sacrifice cameras and just yeah they just hit the camera i mean like that because i mean that's part of the same school of like if something explodes then an object hits hits the lens where you're just like yeah okay Blood. yeah like okay got it yes <laughs> right but this thing is always unexpected like you like you feel like these are real physical objects being driven to um uh to an extreme and they're almost out of control the entire time. And the other one that I think was really good was when the bad guy sort of hits that guardrail. Mm, yes. Yeah. And just like a bang and then all this shit's flying everywhere and you see footage from side of the car and they look like oh shit. Yeah, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like we're oh, dead. <laughs> yeah, we're dead. Uh, oh, we're just gonna get away. Like people actually look like they're in yep. danger. Yep. And yep. you felt that really thrilling that concern for them. Yep. You know, really, really thrilling. And like, and but the like, just like McQueen himself, like the movie never gets too excited about what it's doing. Like it lets you get excited about what you're seeing. It doesn't try to pump you up the whole time. It's and just that's like, what the dialogue would have done. Part yes, me. yes. Like all that stuff is like that's just putting too much frosting on the cake. Like, do like let the thing speak for itself. What is happening is tremendously dangerous, and people will be freaked out all all by that. You don't have to fucking put guitars on top of it and cut it a million miles an hour. Yeah, you don't have to do any of that stuff. Like that's all gonna make it feel fake. And in fact, if you think about it, the car chase scene in Born Identity, which I really loved, Mm -hmm. did the same thing. Oh yeah, like I like I actually they, they, they made it all about the, there was no music. I don't believe in that one, right? Yeah, I can't remember exactly, but I believe that that's right. And right, like the, and, and then they had these dangerous streets you shouldn't be driving down. Right, right. Now the thing is, like I I I know that people hate fast cut movies uh, because I bet the reason why people hate fast cut movies is most people are very bad at making fast cut movies. Sure. Whereas like uh, the Born uh, Supremacy and Ultimatum by uh, green grass and Born, uh, like the because he they do a very quick version of exactly what McQueen's movie is doing or Yates Yates Peter Yates the director, which is like they're giving you like one bit of information that stacks up on the last one stacks up on the last one and it's telling you a visual story the whole time it's not My, Michael Bay just throws things around yeah. makes a lot of noise you know whereas like you watch these things and it just goes, shows you a a thing happen and you go oh, like this and then it shows another thing happen from that thing you're like oh, like this and the it's momentum it's not excessive of, in its yeah, story exactly it just is straightforward right yeah right and so you can do that very i mean i think that greengrass is exceptional at making that happen ex- just bizarrely fast but he keeps the same idea as what happens in bullet which is like like you are watching um a uh a juxtaposition of movement in edits you're not trying to stimulate people by editing like you know, one thing happened one one thing slides towards the camera like this and then it slides in like this you carry the momentum forward in your mind and so you want to see things that you want to see as much as you can to make sure that that looks real you know and they they absolutely just let it happen on the screen uh and it's utterly convincing and they uh and like you know you can imagine like michael bay doing the same fucking thing and be like camera goes in through the tailpipe 
comes up through the chair out in the queen's nose it's <laughs> just like i don't know what the fuck's going on anymore man like come on and I, and I shouldn't i shouldn't bag on michael bay he actually has done a couple of great scenes but say like a transformers movies or yeah the, but you know what he like, does okay so they do this trick back then right like they do this this trick in in in, in bay films where or, or, or most car chases today is they yeah. they Fast shoot the him tight mm-hmm. they shoot him re- long lenses tight right and they're actually only driving 20 miles an hour and they yeah, just shake the shit out of the camera, right? Yeah, and fake. so it feels fast, but this one is fast. Is fast. <laughs> it's fast. It's dangerous. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. they won't do that kind of shooting anymore. Right. When, you, when actually, because if you see another great car chase movie is Ronan with uh, De Niro. Mm-hmm. And what they did in that is they, uh, they took um, uh, reversed cars, right? So you have... De Niro is driving a fake steering wheel, right? And the person in the passenger side is actually driving the car, right? And so there you see a little bit of them in frame, but you don't you don't pay attention to them. And De Niro's wheel is locked to the movements of their wheel. So what he is doing with the wheel is what the car is doing. And they're actually going 110 miles an hour or 120 miles an hour through Paris, right? And uh, and um, um, the director mounts the camera on high on the car, so you're looking right down through the windshield at De Niro, and you see him like going <laughs> like this. You know, he's being thrown around. He's fucking scared out of his mind. Yeah. Like that's what you want to see. You know, and when you watch like Fast and the Furious Ten or whatever it is, it's so like, ridiculous. You you don't feel the danger of any of that because nobody was in danger. Right. <laughs> like, I will tell you this. I will tell you my experience with a stunt driver. Did I ever tell you this on the it. podcast? Uh, I was doing this thing. We were shooting, we were shooting a commercial or whatever, but we were actually going to shoot. We wanted to do a collection of reference video mm-hmm. of cars doing different movements so that we could use it for a whole bunch of commercials. Right. 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 Uh, by the way, as far as I know, that's everything I just told you is lost, which is very, very sad. But we hired the, um, we hired the, uh, what's his name? Uh, he, I forgot his name. Sammy Hubinet, I think was his name. He was the Swedish drifting champion. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. He was not. He was Swedish. I think he was the drifting champion. I think he was like the well, like major. He was Swedish, but he was the French drifting, drifting champion. champion. Oh, yeah, yes, exactly. But, angered the French because he was Swedish, <laughs> right? Because they can never be Swedish, no matter how hard they try. That's right. <laughs> but Isn't that we so basically French? had a series of moves that we went to do. We went to do like certain things and no, no, no big stunts, but there were like. This kind of turn, that kind of turn, a J turn, do all kinds Parallel of stuff. park. We, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not man, kidding you. Like joke. all of that stuff we just needed for reference and they're mm-hmm. like, we'll hire this guy to do it. And then we, we had three different cars, like a small, a small sedan, a big sedan and a SUV. And, uh, we also had, uh, a, a series of tires, like a bunch of tires that we could use. Right. And one of the big things also. Big, big thing to do into these cars. Uh, they uh, install a special handbrake oh. for uh, for sliding for for, for the sliding, trips, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's not like your normal handbrake doesn't work. You have to have something more more yeah. robust, a little bit more pinchy pinch. Little and so <laughs> anyway, we jammed through all of the shots that we needed for reference, 
and we were done by like two o'clock. And so we had to like five or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we said, well, what do you guys want to do? And he, go, and he goes, well, we got all these tires. And all we did, we were in this massive parking lot over in Glendale mm-hmm. and uh, next to this uh, Korean church, <laughs> like this nice. huge yeah. parking lot, right? And all we did is – and we had all these cameras everywhere, right, right. to do all this reference footage. And we just burn through the tires just and we take, take turns <laughs> in the car driving with him as he's just <laughs> burning through the stuff. And we're, Insane. he's going like, you just see the smoke is going off the tires and he's coming within like two feet of people. Like I said, I'm going to go right for that guy and then turn and just spin out in front of them. And you were just filming it with your phone or whatever. It's like, Oh my How God, look at that. Take he's just like, the tires. Huh? How long did it take to change the tires? Oh, not not long. Those guys are fast. But we we well, those tires were were gone in like fifteen minutes. Yeah, like bald. Like it, like <laughs> like giving an eraser to a kid. <laughs> it's, it's it was nothing. amazing. It was amazing. Um, but anyway, that was my uh, that was my experience. <laughs> um, That's incredible. That's great. So so I and and I remember sitting in the car as this is happening, and I was terrified but also extremely excited. And he's just telling me stories about Sweden as this is happening. And I'm like, ah, ah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, another thing that happens. <laughs> yeah, man, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like I, I love, and that's, that's the thing is like, I, th- I, I think that like car chases in particular, like certain kinds of scenes in movies really are dependent on the fact that you know that it's fake to an extent. Like, because like you want to believe that they really did this. You know, there's a little weird little crossover zone where you're like, yeah, where you want to like, you want to suspend your disbelief about the plot, all the, all the, all the other fakeness you want to believe in, but you want to disbelieve one thing, which is like, they are not fucking around in terms of these stunts. Right. I'm going to go one further on this. Mm -hmm. I think the thing about car chases is that. We drive in cars all the all time. All the time. It's a great point. It's right? a great point. Yeah. And that we just have to make the decision to make it extremely dangerous. Right. And right. that's a decision that we don't make because it's extremely dangerous. Right. But you know that, you know, running around with a gun shooting people, we most of us don't have it's guns on never, us. Yeah, exactly. We, we right? do not know how to do this. So right. we don't do that and that's not – but in a car, you know – buckle the seatbelt and then it needs to be drive like crazy like i could just do that right now and that's our sensitivity (laughs) is very very high yeah it's sort of like how you know like we are like we are programmed to i mean as humans read other human faces down to like the littlest movements right and with car chases because we've i think you're right like because we are so used to being in cars like when something looks wrong we go nope i don't buy it and if you're going to do something like a car chase, like the excitement comes from the realism like that. And you really, really got to sell it. And there are only like less than 10 movies that I can really think of that even come with it anywhere near as good as bullet. Like bullet may be my all time favorite. It's certainly I think it's the best. Car I chase. think it might be the very best. There's, There's like, only one and it's very famous yeah. for it. And yeah. everyone Orange knows connection. about that, 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 that green Mustang. Right. Right. Uh, and, and, and and the danger is real. And the danger is real. Like it yeah. feels real and it is real. 
Right. right. And and the thing is, like, the rest of the movie is great. Like, if they didn't have the car chase in it, I'm still on board for this movie. This is yeah, a great but that movie. car chase is like that's like that that's the the granite the movie is built on. Right. Is, is the strength of that car chase is just outlandish. It's just outlandish. Yeah, I like Jason's. Jason, oh, by the way, always puts in these fabulous little puns. Jason, uh, number one fan and big supporter of our podcast. Absolutely, we love Much him. Thanks. But his uh, his tag is tires gone in 15 minutes. Which is yeah, it's, funny. it's true, man. There's also a little conversation on a report from the chat where, uh, uh, let's see, we have uh, uh, two good modern car chase films. Dave 3D says that do some great camera work or drive and Wheelman. I agree with that. Wheel, well, we were talking about Wheelman. We we're talking about who's uh, Gr- Frank Grillo in Wheelman. Very, very good uh, B movie. Uh, French Connection car chase felt real and dangerous because I believe they had no permission. Uh, for it, Dan, can you confirm? And then Jason stepped in to I say that they, they had they they had permission, but they didn't have. Uh, um, uh, but they didn't block traffic, you know? So like people, I mean, it's a big studio crew. Like you're going to know that it's happening. Um, uh, but like they didn't do anything to make it safe. <laughs> so like all the background stuff that's happening in French connection is like all those reactions and all that shit is, is very real. Um, and French connection is, should be noted as like, that it's is good. That is terrific. It's, it's also a car chase as car chasing a train. So it's slightly different material. It's a great sure. action scene that involves a car. But when you watch like Bullet, it's like a competition of two incredible drivers. Like that brings it into this very special uh, and, zone for me. And the, 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 the muscle cars of yes. the time. Right. Like it's, it's, your, a, it's like watching a race movie. And it's American. <laughs> yeah. It's Americana, yes. which I'm going to get to on the yes. Smokey, and, which we've got to get to Smokey quickly because, because we've been going a little long on this. So I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is okay. I guess Smokey, we're not going to take too long on, but it's okay. Uh, but basically what happens is the two bad guys at the end of like after this whole long car chase, it gets very, very dangerous, ends up with the bad guys. And like we've been saying the whole time, they really lose, feel like they really lost control yeah. of the car and smack into a gas station, explode into a ball. It, of and flames. they're dead. <laughs> right? Like, ball of flames, dead. cars on fire. And the Mustang is skids out of control. You can see the wheel axles broken. Yeah, Yeah. it's wild. And it's, 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 it's pretty bad. And then, but he survives a car chase, but the bad guys are dead and burnt to a crisp. And that's a big problem. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah. So, and then what happens is a Chalmers, uh, confronts the police chief outside of his family church and is just being very, very aggressive about getting the witness. He's like, I don't know where the witness is. It is Bullet's case. And to protect the witness, I am not getting involved, says right. the police chief, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, right. well, you he are going to get involved. I'm handing you a notice. If you have to do this, you have to hand him to me by this time. And he's just being a real asshole about it, right? Um, And then after that, uh, you know, uh, after the car chase fiasco, the uh, uh, the uh, police chief brings a uh, bullet into his thing and realizes like what the hell's going on? This guy died. Is a tease. and it's like, well, those are the guys. It's like, what happened to Ross? He goes, Ross is dead. He's downstairs as a John Doe, mm-hmm. right? And so and they're like, what the hell? And he goes, I know who killed him. It's the guys who were chasing me. How do you know that? Because I saw him. Because they were in the hospital. And those those guys, you can't identify them anymore. They're burnt to a crisp. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a big problem, right? But then he says the real DOS, uh, 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 like you know, basically they got to find the girl, 
Find the girl. Girl, Mr. Gibbs. Find the girl. But they got to find the girl. So they find the girl who is basically Ross's, not Ross, the the, the, the fake Ross's girlfriend. And, and she is in a hotel and they've got their suitcases. They're ready to go on a big trip, right? And, uh, she's dead. <laughs> yep. Yep. Dead. Yeah. Like strangled. <laughs> right. Strangled. Yeah. Strangled. So they bring, uh, and also, uh, because his Mustang's destroyed, uh, uh, Jacqueline Bisset is driving him around. She walks into the room and sees this horrific scene because she's following him. It was him. just all unnecessary though. It's kind of like heat. Yeah, the it doesn't make any thing. sense. Yeah, yeah, it's just like what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, they, that's one of these things that, like, you know, they added it. It's a studio notes ad, where you're just like, you don't even need Bassett in this movie. Like, it, like, no, it's it so stupid add-on, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. I don't understand you. Like, Why are you doing? You, this? you watch, yeah, like with something like Time, Heat, it's the baby. it's the actual emotional plot of the movie is job versus life, and that makes sense. This is not that because Steve McQueen doesn't give a fucking shit. <laughs> like he's just like, I don't care. Okay. I'm I am super cop. <laughs> like, All right, time, baby. And he's yeah, like, yeah, exactly. just down in the gutter. It's it's just kind of a bullshit. Like, like actually, just the weakest part of the film. Yeah, it's like there's no need for this at all. It deflates um, what is cool about McQueen in this movie, right? Which is just like he's just Stone Cold excellent. That's it. The end. end <laughs> you don't need any any backstory for that at all, right? Like right, that's right. simply it. Okay, so so then uh, they go through the luggage of that's Which in the hotel room scene. Mm-hmm. and they're actually just going through all the evidence. And I, here's another thing they would make that so quick and edit and get to the points as opposed to the actual slowly discovering yeah, part, figuring it out. But that's how yeah. he's figuring this whole thing out. Right. Yes, right. exactly. Right. And, yeah. um, but that should be another thing, like a film festival, just great scenes with luggage. That was <laughs> awesome. You couldn't wait to be like a hairbrush. What? It's really yeah. cool. It's, it's just great, like yeah. it's a great use of just the the pacing and the timing. Slow, slowly slow, getting to the bottom. Hair brush, but you're like oh, a hairbrush. Okay, well, like, well, it's just it, a but it feels, it feels like you are going through it and hoping to find a clue. the next clue, and all you right. find is oh, he opened a bag. Ah, it's just hairbrushes. Okay. Yeah, but the hairbrush they put in a separate bag, which I always was curious about why, because they didn't have the hair. They didn't they have, have DNA to, back then. No. Yeah. So it's like, what's the point of keeping right. the hairbrush unless he wanted to steal it for himself or give but it to the set? Right. And it's just kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm a jerk cop. Take this hairbrush. They find a huge <laughs> amount just stole of- stole it from the evidence room. They found a huge amount of um, uh, traveler's checks, like thousands of dollars. A lot of, of dollars, money. Right. Thousands and thousands of dollars of traveler's checks. Right. Uh, which they um, which they then- uh, uh, find the name Rennick, right? Rennick? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then they sort of piece it together uh, to try to figure out who the hell is Rennick, right? Mm-hmm. And then what they do is they use probably the oldest fax machine in the world. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's like, a, it's a, I think it was right after uh, telecopy the pr- printing press. The printing press was uh, right. Yeah. It's called a telecopy and it's basically, it's just right. like but at They're that time, dude, that was a pretty. Oh, it's high tech. 1968. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't have a fax either. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So they basically find this thing, and it, what they do is like they're trying to find the passport identities of these two people. 
in Chicago and they find their passport applications and it's find out it's Ross, but his real name is Rennick and his wife is Rennick. And they realize like, that's not the real Ross. And then this is also when Chalmers is all, you know, bitching him out and it's like, I'm going to, you know, get to you guys or whatever. And they're like, that's not the real Ross. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's not good. <laughs> right. And again, it's just, it's nice. It's nice how this stuff unfolds. Cause like, there's like the, the movie is built in them in a really traditional, cause like most movies are, uh, when you talk about the, 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 the plot pyramid, as they say, sure. like where it's like, you know, where the, the highest point of the movie, they push it towards the end of the movie. So it's like this. Right. You know, so like, it goes, duh, duh, and then the Danny Ma is like, well, like this, this, the high point is dead center. And, and then the rest of it is the come down trying to sort of like land it right. Like the bad guys are dead, you know, and now well, the bad just guys like, are dead. Right now, now like it, now the, the stress is like, if McQueen doesn't sort of figure this out, then his career is fucked. Right. You know? Because you got Chalmers biting. Right. Like, exactly. So like it, it, it hands off. It's a, like, it hands the villainy really off to Chalmers on a totally in a totally different way from the villainy of the first act the fir- villainy of the first act is mob villainy and the villainy of the, or the second half is uh is 100 chalmers because right. he's he's gonna he's gonna he's, he's gonna fuck over the coolest dude in town and that's not acceptable right 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 so he figures out that it's the wrong ross that there's a different ross and then they figure out that ross is actually trying to leave the country and get away Right, mm-hmm. and that he's at the San Francisco International Airport, and he's going to. They figure. How did they figure out he was going to Rome? I don't remember how they do that. Um, because he basically he wasn't there getting on board. Or no, because of the um, all the travel tickets in the bag. I think it, what is what gave him a, a hint that there was some. Um, I think it was from the bag, or at least the. Uh, yeah, but that's not his bag. That's the other guy's no, bag. No, but there was something. There was something that was. I, there right. was something in the bag. Okay, right, but they that, figure out that he's at the airport and right. he's trying to get away. And so they find it. I don't know if he's registered. They go. And right. It's funny. It's like security and identity at airports is. Not totally what today. it is today, that's for sure. And no, can I? I I have this. I have a feeling that because I mean, uh, Michael Mann has talked about like how he's Eat. like he's like, like I I did the scene from Bullet. Like he's never said what I believe is true, which is like the this scene is the airport scene in Bullet is really good, but you feel like like after the car chase, you're like, give me the car chase level version of that. And it's and instead it's really good, and you're like, okay, it's really good. <laughs> like, yeah, because it's the cat, same cat and mouse. It's yeah. all silent. It's all figures. The yeah. only mistake I have with the uh, the chase at the airport at the mm-hmm. end is that is that um, he didn't need to shoot. Yeah, at exactly. McQueen, right? Because McQueen didn't have a clue where he was once he gets to the edge. I of know. The time. I right. mean, on the runway, right? Yeah, yeah. It, does, it doesn't well, get quite... to the runway part. Yeah. So, so yeah. basically, what happens is that he tries to figure out where he is, and uh, he uh, they found out he's not on the Rome one. That he's probably he's on the flight to London, 
right? So they run to the London flight. They had they use their obviously their detective badges to get access to this stuff. They're seeing everyone on the plane, and the plane is already no, the plane has already left, right? Yeah, it's taxing. Right. Yeah, it's so taxing. they were waiting at the Rome one. They didn't see anything going on there, and then they like, oh shit, it's on London. It's already taxing. So they call the uh, the 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 the, uh, the tower and get the plane to be turned around, and go back to the gate. Right. Right. And so they're waiting for everyone to get off the plane so that they can reload mm-hmm. and they can, and McQueen slowly works his way onto the plane and watches Ross sort of, you know, slowly freak out and right. leave Realize. the plane, right. leave the plane from the back, pushes the stewardess out of the way, opens the back door of the plane, jumps, and off, the jumps plane. off the plane, <laughs> right. right? Which is pretty high. Yeah. Uh, but he still does it. And then he, uh, and then uh, McQueen does the same thing. And now they're chasing each other on foot at night on a runway. Right. Silently. Silently. Yeah. Very dangerous. And it's yeah. dark, right? It's a, so, it's a really good scene. It's a very it's a good really scene. good yeah. scene. And yeah. it's dangerous. All you and, hear is the breath. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and then the planes going by. And they're like, yeah. Very loud sounds. And they're, they're like literally running under airplanes that are taxiing, which is. Yeah. <laughs> also very stressful. Talking about yeah. getting permission to shoot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty yeah. intense. It's pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think that the, like, the, I, like, I think that Michael Mann went into heat saying, I really want to reshoot this scene and make it perfect. And I'll also come up with a movie before then. Right. <laughs> like, but this is, this is really an excellent scene. It's just not the most excellent scene in Bullet. It's, a, no. it's like, it's a, it already hit its high, high point, And this is pretty good. And then there's a point where basically Ross gets towards the end of the runway and starts running into the grass into darkness, and at which point he's completely concealed. And Eric, I you're feel like he right. should have gotten away. He like, should have gotten away I think because the movie should have ended with him getting away because yeah. Bullet can't actually see him. Right? No. Right? He's so far away. He's so yeah. far away. And then Ross decides to bring up his gun because he can see Bullet, and he decides to shoot at him. Yeah. Which gives away his position. Right. Yeah. Why would yeah. he do that? I'm with yeah. you on that one, Eric. Yeah. And I, I think that the movie would be even cooler if Robert Vaughn ended up really fucking bullet over and bullet is really screwed at the end of the movie. I would be like, yeah, cause Chalmers has nothing. Yeah. You're Charters. just like, motherfucker. <laughs> like, right. Why would you do that to that amazing dude? Yeah. Like that. <laughs> but it's still, yes. it's still very solid. It's a good, it ends up being a good cop movie in the end instead of like, I think they could have cherry on the Sunday at this a little bit harder, but it's, it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Yeah, the and other so thing based, is, too, go ahead, Eric. I feel like films back then, all you have, all they did was just show their badges, and it was done. Okay, you're in. And yep. nowadays, you don't, you don't get that in the films. It's like I'm with the da, 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 FBI, da, 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 and they always have to explain, explain everything. <laughs> right. There, it's just like, eh, show your badge, and they just shut yeah. up and let them into the hotel. Or yeah, that, it's right. unbelievable how law enforcement, or at least the, the um, everything is done. Because it, mm-hmm. it reflects the current times. I sure. just like it's the airplanes, the security in the airport, and just they flash a badge. I mean, they would just show a badge to a hotel guys. Yeah, okay, I got there. this crap box of Cracker Jacks guy. Go. <laughs> yeah, so right. you don't even see the. It just happens so fast, and they're just let in everywhere. Right. 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 So, uh, so eventually, what happens at this point is uh, we're still. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, our, the moderator, uh, Jason, says not a climax in the airport. 
And the moderator said, do you want to allow this? <laughs> it's amazing. Like, why, Jason, why do you use such Why such do you language? use such terms? Like <laughs> climax. <laughs> it's so funny. I, yes, it's permitted. You can J- say Jason climax. never says anything, actually. Uh, nothing. Uh, no, like, nothing just, but bad. he uses words that can <laughs> like also be considered as sexual. <laughs> which is really funny. Twitch is like, um, oh my God, what's going on with that guy? He used the word climax. He was talking He's about talking the plot. talking about the movie. <laughs> Talking about the plot. Um, yes. So, um, uh, what was I? Okay. So finally, it, uh, also Chalmers is like trying to give him a speech about, you know, whether he gets the, the guy side. or not. Right. Right. And you're starting to realize that Chalmers is just an asshole. He's yeah. old. a bureaucratic guy and he just, it's about, pushing himself up he's a politician and he doesn't like he'll he'll turn on a dime he'll be like i love you bullet i love you bullet i hate you bullet i'm gonna destroy you i love you bullet like as if he wasn't just an amazing douchebag like he just he just turns with the wind turns the wind he has no integrity whatsoever no integrity yeah but what ends up happening is that he ends up uh you know you go from chasing him on the runway to chasing him amongst a crowd of people and trying Mm -hmm. to find him amongst a crowd at the airport and he finally does find him. By the way, how the hell did he get on a plane with a with a gun? I don't know, but apparently it didn't a bit of all. I'm sure it was easier back then, like 1968, yeah. <laughs> to just have a gun yeah. and go through yeah. security. Yeah. I guess they yeah. didn't have security. Who knows? Um, anyway, he's running. They 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 go from seeing each other to suddenly chasing each other to very quickly him shooting at McQueen and then trying to get away and shooting. A security guy, right? Always a mistake. Him. Yeah. Oh, don't shoot. And then people. McQueen shooting him, and that in front of everybody, and it's kind of right. traumatic and scary and bad. Right. Uh, so he's dead. That's it. That's the end of the witness. <laughs> That's the end. That's of that. the end of the case. That's the right. end of everything. Right. He had completely, he completely legitimately shot him. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Um and uh. That's the end of this whole situation. Uh, and then Chalmers just drives away in his limousine yeah. with a bumper sticker on the back that says, support your local police. Yeah, yeah that's, that's so good. Little... Yeah, it's like, it's like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. And you. then, you know, he's obviously, to, to try to put a button on this, as you as we mm. would say, it's like, they, uh, he goes back to his and you know, there was a big confrontation with his girlfriend about his crazy life as a police officer mm-hmm. and the violence and everything else. But then she's still there. So she didn't leave him. Right. That's right. How do you How do could... this? Why do you do this? Because it's so fun, Jan. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to drive a car as fast as I do? Come on. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, that's the end of the film. But Time, baby. Fabulous yeah, film. Right. Gotta see it. It's, oh, it's, it's not necessarily always about the plot, although the plot is very good. It's about yeah. the action. It's about the cinematography. And yeah. seriously, like that level of cinematography, 1968, is oh, it's so good yeah. action cameras of that time I, superior I, to like the throwaway GoPros that we use today. Just I, so. I uh, really I want to recommend the, uh, looking into this director. He made a lot of movies. A lot of them aren't that great, but he, like check out this list. He did this is Peter Yates. He did uh, Bullet. Nice one. 
right? He did The Hot Rock, which I love with Robert Redford. Yeah. yeah, totally awesome film. The Friends of Eddie Coyle, which is ultra badass. One of my favorite mob movies. Fantastic. Um, the Deep, as we said before. Breaking Away, which is just a terrific movie. Terrific fucking movie. Uh, the Dresser, which is great uh, with Albert Finney. The Suspect, which is incredibly fun with Dennis Quaid and Cher. Um, and Krull. <laughs> yeah, he did Krull, too. I know that. He did yeah. Krull. Which um, is very interesting. Okay. Um, so I need to take a quick uh, bathroom break before I wet my pants. And then uh, <laughs> break. I will uh, – uh, uh, And then I will also uh, – uh, from after that, we will move on to Smoking a Bandit. So you guys take a uh, – you guys chit-chat for a little bit, and I'll be right back. Uh, I also want to, uh, I should also throw out there that, uh, as David 3D is listening, he also did An Innocent Man with Tom uh, Selleck, which, uh, Dave 3D and I, uh, enjoyed, uh, very much. And I believe we saw it a couple of times in the theater together. Uh, oh. really, really fun with, um, F. Murray Abraham. And, uh, it's a hokey but super intense, fun, um, jail revenge melodrama. Really, really good stuff. Uh, but yeah, this, this dude, I like, I can't fit in my head, like, bullet. He's still alive. No, he died in 2011. Um, but great director. Very, very good director. Uh, definitely a sort of a journeyman worker director. But every now and again, you just hit these like awesome high points. Uh, and uh, anyone who has Krull breaking away and Bullet in their resume, yeah. like, how do you even beat that? <laughs> or as uh, Jason says, Krull it. <laughs> they obviously should have made the crossover film. That would have been perfect. That would have been perfect. Um, yeah, it's surprisingly, it, it just holds up, uh, each time I see it. Yeah. So good. Film. So good. But yeah, no, I've been watching it like due to the Tarantino book. I watched a bunch of, uh, um, uh, McQueen all at once, like get away and stuff like that. I would just like it. I haven't I, watched the getaway in a long time. It's really good. It's a really good movie. And, um, yeah, it's uh, cause it's, uh, Peck and Paw. And yeah, uh, right. it's, it's. Yeah, like it, it just he has a groove to him that's really, really, really unique. Uh, okay, I'm but back. yeah, yeah. Welcome back. I hope that was enjoyable. Yes, it was. <laughs> I good. have found uh, there. Uh, Trader Joe's is carrying La Fange Monde. I don't know if you ever can see. Oh, that. The, that shit is good. They have it in cans. I've never seen it in a can. I've only had it in a I bottle. Know. I've only seen it in a giant bottle. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know what this beer is. It is a Belgian style triple beer. It is, but it's made in Canada. Yeah, it's in Quebec, and it's called La Fin du Monde, which means the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is rivals most good Belgian beers, honestly speaking. Yeah, that's a real favorite of mine. I don't, Um, uh, I don't drink no more, but that was the top top of my list. It's a triple, and it's uh, nine percent alcohol. Uh, but it is a, it's a fine taste. <laughs> the, the, the one that's better than that is Allagash Kuryu, and that's from Maine, believe it or not. That's wild. Yeah, these, uh, the monk's knowledge traveled far. The monk's knowledge <laughs> has definitely traveled far, and I'm a big fan of Belgian beers, but then mm-hmm. I have found people that make Belgian style beers that are superior to Belgian beers. <laughs> yeah. Take that, Belgium. In certain yeah. ways. And, Take or maybe that. just, just my taste likes them more. Yeah, uh, fin fin is is top notch. And the thing is, I, I I'm I became quite uh, pro on beer in cans. Like I I think beer in cans. I, so what they they've started to line the the cans mm-hmm. with something, and so 
The thing that's nice about the beers in cans is that they cool very quickly in the fridge. Yeah. Zip zap. It's nice. Yep. So So I saw a thing where it was a science experiment on YouTube and the guy submerged half a Coke kit, excuse me, a Coke can in this, it was a, a, a lab. He was a chemist. So he put potassium with other things and made this smoking mixture and he put the can in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The mixture of the carbonate, whatever he put in there, dissolves aluminum. Mm. Right. Nice. So Fun. half the can dissolved, mm. but the coke didn't spill out, and he pulls Whoa. it out because the coke is lined with plastic. And the solution does not kill, break the plastic. That's wild. So I was like, they dissolves put the aluminum. Plastic in cans. I was like, it was, you were talking about cans. I just yeah. thought of it. I'll look it they up. They do. Guys. And that's, that's exactly right. And that's why you don't have you in the old days. Tin taste, the tinny taste. Yeah. yeah. It, it, you tasted the metal. Yep. Yeah. But plastic. Yeah. We don't need more plastic. We need less plastic in the world. <laughs> it's true. If you can ever remove something from the earth, plastic is probably high on the list. Okay. Uh, it's kind of scary though. That's all. Yep, I'm with you. Plastic and um, is... I don't necessarily know if I want aluminum in my body either. This is true. <laughs> also bad for the brain. I'm going to yeah. put it on the uh, Martini Giant chat, okay? Okay. I just put it for everybody. And Oh, you put it in the, in the Sodium the hydroxide. The... Yeah, okay. you'll watch it. It's pretty crazy. Okay. But I'm I don't sure. like plastic, so that's my thing. I, I understand. Agree. I'm sure I the same thing would happen with this beer. Uh, and uh, I would like to take a mid-show um, um, mid, uh, break to say, please, everyone, uh, consider writing to Criterion Channel. Oh, my God. Uh, Let's do, yeah. This is a PSA. <laughs> this is a PSA. And this is, everyone should do this. Everyone yes. should do it, whether you're a subscriber to Criterion or not, and complain about what the fuck they did to French Connection. Yes. Like that. Okay. Yeah, so Explain like, what happened. So uh, Disney um, – which owns the rights and has every legal right to do this. So I'm not saying this is not legal. I'm just saying it's against everything that is good in the world. Uh, the that <laughs> they um, took it upon themselves to uh, delete uh, a chunk from the French Connection, where the main character uh, uh, lets loose on some pretty vile racial slurs, uh, specifically the N word. And so I am not defending the use of the N word here. I'm defending the use of its vileness in describing a vile and terrible person. Like, like number one, don't go back and change art. Like that's dumb. And anyone who's going to be watching the French connection, if you put a warning on the front of it saying, this has got some really offensive language and terrible people in it. I'm 100% for it. Like if you don't want to watch that stuff, that's right. uh, Absolutely. Scrub it. Like like, warn people ahead of time it's a hard movie with a really really terrible character at center um but i'm gonna i'll say that the point of the french connection is um it's against the idea that um the ends justify the means in terms of policing um because the whole idea is like well we put up with racist bigoted hideous violent power hungry narcissists like gene hackman is in the movie 
because he gets things done and, you know, it really fights crime. And that's the idea. That's what Popeye Doyle, his character, believes. And that's why the movie is exciting and fun because he's doing the things you really want done to criminals. But in the end of the movie, because he acts like that, he blows the case. The bad guys get away and everything goes wrong. And along the way, he's been a brutal, violent racist. And so he has done nothing but hurt people exclusively the entire film. Like it is a movie about why this is terrible. Like the opening scene, like I love that Disney saw free, saw like, like we should delete this terrible word, but we're going to leave in the opening scene where Popeye Doyle mercilessly beats and mocks an innocent black man for fun, for fun. Like, so the, but, but saying the N word is bad. So like the idea here, like if we go with Disney's philosophy is like, well, we don't like the movie is so action packed. We don't want Popeye to be offensive. Like, you do want Popeye to be an Have offense. Have they given a statement on why they've done this? Well, this is this is like they they want because it's a very it's a like first of all it's connected to the Popeye's Chicken franchise. Yes, and secondarily, it's uh, like it's it's a Best Picture winner, and they want to keep on making money on the IP. And like what you end up with is a more racist character because now you're defending him. Like you're saying, don't worry, it's not like he says the N word, but he does beat black people up constantly in the film for no reason in fact he beats up another cop he is he is looking forward to punching another cop in the face because he's black like he is a vile and terrible character Has who you Disney should not be rooting a statement for on why they cut it out they just cut it out they didn't say anything but i would say that the people at criterion know what the movie means like they are film they're they should be film preservationists and but the yeah, fact is disney did disney force their hand on it right I think they just changed across all platforms and Criterion hasn't said anything about it. Like, I, like, I can't even, I don't know what they're thinking. Like, you know, like if you, like, if that's your standard. Han shoot first. Yeah. Han like, shoot yeah. first. Like, that's all I got to say. <laughs> like, this is not like, this is not a novelty, right? No, I, like, I, I agree. I agree with you. It's, it's, it's embarrassing that they've done this and it makes for like, it makes the film, like it takes a film that is anti-racist and anti-violent cop and sort of tries to burnish it. So it's not so offensive, which makes it more offensive. Like now it's endorsing what Popeye is doing by trying to make him seem cooler. Like the point of the movie is the opposite and you're damaging that. And now you're foisting on people who are like, well, he is kind of badass, So maybe it's okay that he beat up those black guys. Like, no, you, when he says that shit, you go, what, why am I supporting this person? Yeah. And that's the fucking point. And you just take it out because of surface level shenanigans. You're not only wrecking art, you're ruining, you're ruining the point of the film and you're encouraging people to think shallowly about really important subjects that hurt people. Like it's, it's an absolute embarrassment. And I've considered dropping criterion from this. Like I, I was just like, fuck off. I, can, I cannot believe they didn't stand up to this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we are going to switch. You're going against movies. Disney though. Not to. Hey man, <laughs> that's the people you end up going up against because Disney doesn't, Disney does not give a shit about, uh, art. racial equality, art, anything. They no. just want to keep on selling an IP. Right. And that's it. Like yeah. they don't get there. If it's race, if it's more racist, they don't care as long as they can keep on selling it. That's right. fine. I am going to switch Idiots. movies, switch gears. Yep. We are now moving on, as you can see from your background, to Mr. Burt Reynolds and Smoking the Bandit. There we go. There we go. All right. 
So let me tell you a little story about my first experience with smoking in a band Right. You got to realize, similar to my story about um, getting French films and Is watching. He big in Greece, like big posters? Nope. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> so my my French fr- friend and I, we were watching Le Magnifique over and over again on Betamax. But then before he, that guy had Betamax, we had this friends of ours who were, who were <laughs> had money and they had one of the first Betamax tapes or things, right? And they had movies there. And so we were watching like uh, uh, movies that were basically uh, uh, American movies that I hadn't mm-hmm. seen. And as an American who had never lived in the United States, <laughs> mm-hmm. that is how I got my quote unquote American culture, right? right? Is through watching these things and experiencing this. Now, smoking the bandit was way up there in terms of Americana. Like, oh, yeah, it sure. is about as American yeah. as it gets. Right. Right. It's funny. It's Burt Reynolds. It's the North versus the South. It's car chases. It's everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that, it's that was high one cholesterol one. levels, high cholesterol <laughs> levels, right. uh, beer, or Diablo sandwich, <laughs> beer, truckers, yeah. CB radios, cigarettes. Did Why Jackie were Gleason CB have radios? Holy moly, was that yeah. guy just like a chimney? It's yeah, oh, amazing. Gleason was just smoking the whole the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. But the other one is, uh, you know, so I did that. And then also my dad gave me a collection of cassette tapes, recordings of old 40s radio shows. And I used to listen to those obsessively. So it had uh, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. Sure. Candy. Right. Candy Bergen's dad. Right. Uh, which was hilarious. And it had uh, Abbott and Castello. And it had like The Shadow. It had all these old 40s radio shows. And I remember just listening to these just over and over and over and over again. And it was just like I was obsessed with it. Uh, really, you know. Eric, you remember you were, you were telling me about like listening to old tapes of Woody Allen. Oh my God, up, right? I live mm-hmm. off of, yep. Yeah, and I was living yeah, off Edgar Bergen stuff, and Charlie yeah. McCarthy, right. which is right. strange. Like, think of that, 19, in the early you 80s know who I loved, loved, loved was uh, Laurel and Hardy. Oh yeah. Laurel yeah. and Hardy, yeah. So yeah. that was oh, actually well. playing in Greece. That was that was playing on TV a lot. Well, and the thing is, like, Smoking the Band is a really interesting cross-section of Americana because, it, like, it's not simply some good old boys uh you know southern like it's like yeah exactly it's not that it's like it's actually like burt reynolds and sally field are very progressive tinged characters and and like so they're like they're trying to get everybody in on this movie like it's like oh there's a bunch of good old boys lots of country music and also we're gonna make some other political statements that are very on the edge (laughs) they're just like they're just they're trying to create like this very big tent america experience yes uh and make it very joyful and silly and fun and like the uh the greatness of this movie to me is like the like not only do sally field and burt reynolds have terrific chemistry together they really do they they're they're incredible in this movie they're that relationship is beaten by uh burt reynolds and um and jackie gleason Uh, (laughs) those guys are so good and so funny together whenever they have like an interaction i'm just like 
this is all I want to see. This is like just at, all I want like to see. Like the, the, when they're getting the burger. When they get the burger. Oh, it's just incredible. When he gets like, two burgers and an iced tea for $1.50. <laughs> what, a, what a comedy duo they were, man. They should have taken And he's like trying road. to eat the burger. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, Gleason, Gleason puts his back into this one. Like, in no other. Like, Ralph crammed in any of that stuff. Nothing like this. Like, it's probably he needed the cash, probably. At oh, that he, he. It's like, this is the biggest, biggest swing of his life an unbelievable character perfect performance and reynolds is just eating it up like he thinks he thinks it's funny as we think it's funny oh he's just burt reynolds is enjoying the film yeah. making the film as yeah. much as he is being like the character is enjoying yeah, yeah. being part of the experience just he, as much as he's enjoying being an actor he is burt reynolds in this movie <laughs> he's i think it was the second one fun. That when mm-hmm. Coco was in it, oh yeah, that's right. Yep. And the outtakes—they did all the outtakes just to right. show the kind of fun they were having. Yeah. Just that that was oh, kind of... and Smoking the Bandit Two. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's what uh, Don DeLuise was in that one. That yeah, once, that once, once DeLuise oh, enters the Reynolds picture, then it's it's, a, it's, it's a whole it's... different thing. Oh, so <laughs> I gotta tell this story too, <laughs> because this was a digital domain story. Do you remember this? Yeah, he came by. Yes, Eric Eric was, remembers this because this happened. So uh, Scott Ross was uh, we, we just did Secondhand Lions with Robert with Robert Duvall, right? And so uh-huh. he was trying to turn Digital Domain into an actual film studio, an actual mm-hmm. production studio. And there was another script that they had option they were trying to cast, and it, the movie was called Instant Karma. Yes, right. You remember, remember that, that much? Yep. And so they were trying to basically cast people for this movie. And two of the people that they were trying to recruit to be in a movie was Burt Reynolds and Don DeLuise. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. And they came by Digital Domain together. Oh, my God. That must okay. have been a time. And Don DeLuise, this crazy Don DeLuise, mm-hmm. pretty sure this, I, I, you know, this the, the story that was told to me. But I was there, so I think I, I think I, I, uh, it was happening. I didn't. I wouldn't actually witness it, but it definitely happened. Uh, apparently, wanted to sit at the front desk and answer the phones. <laughs> I was like, "Hello, digital domain," you know, like 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 he was doing that. Right? That's hysterical, <laughs> right? And so it was kind of crazy town. Um, and then the other thing uh, I believe happened. It was one of our producers. It was her birthday. Mm-hmm. Right, and they wanted to do that cheesy thing where they're like, "Oh, you know, there's a meeting in the in the whale," which the whale was, by the way, at our our, our conference Thank room, right. conference room, right? right? And so they're like, "There's a meeting in the whale, so please come by for a meeting." And they're like, "Oh, it's it's, it's her birthday, so you know, shh, shh, don't say." Right. Right. right, those stupid cheesy birthdays where you get that horrible sheet cake, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. So they did that. Except when they surprised, like "Happy birthday!" and then the person that showed up with her birthday cake was Burt Reynolds. Oh, that's wow, <laughs> that's great! That's so he's like, "I'll bring the birthday great. cake in," and she's like, yeah. "What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> Burt Reynolds brought me my birthday cake." Oh, that's incredible! So yeah, so those are big things. Anyway, uh, Burt Reynolds and Don Luis, great guys. But that was Smoking Abandoned Two. We're talking about the first Smoking Abandoned. Oh, I know. But I just thought I'd bring. I know. I, I, I was trying to comment on that they let you in 
on having the good time in the second film was yeah. the end trailers. And that became a big signature thing for them because they just really were doing, having fun. And that's, you get the sense that that's why they did the movies. And you had mentioned that's why they did the movies. I agree. I also think, and that might have been one of the first movies that I remember where they did that. Yeah. I don't think I've, you know, they do that all the time now where they right. have the quote unquote outtakes. Right. They even the do it in animated credits. films. Yeah, like, like they yeah, did yeah, that yeah. They did that exactly. on Ants, which was hilarious right. as an yeah. animated film. But the right. Ants was really smart. Yeah. That's yeah. very funny. That's when very they funny. did that, that with was the boom really coming down. The boom, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a breakthrough comedy moment for uh, when they when they did that the first time around. Yeah. So and, ja- and Jackie Chan did it, of course, in uh, with his his uh, failed stunts, which is also great. You watch like um, Police Story and stuff like that, where yeah, you watch him Drunken fall Master, off of where you actually watch him actually hurt himself on badly. running on the uh, coals. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, he falls four stories uh, in in a mall uh, off a tree. <laughs> You're like, and then he actually okay. see him break his actual leg. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then right. they painted the cast to look, to like, look a like a sneaker. <laughs> that was in Rumble in the Bronx. I Rumble think. in the Bronx. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's the greatest. That's the greatest. What a champion that dude was. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 But yeah, like, yeah, but I think about the very, the, the line that wraps that entire thing up for me uh, is actually from um, Cannonball Run. Uh, well, Dave just Dave Fury just put it up. <laughs> no, that's run. what it is. It was Cannonball Can, Run, Cannonball not run. Smoking the Bandit. Cannonball Run. I and actually think you're right. Uh, no, Eric. I think I think, I think it might original, be Smoky I think Smoky Bandit Two. I think you're that and was in there too. Cannonball Run began, but thing. that was a big thing where they did those kind of like high jinks at the end. Yeah, exactly. And like I in, forgot my line, you have, but I love when you, you have Bert. Dean Martin and uh, and Sammy Davis, Sammy Davis Jr. and Dave, Dean Martin's dressed up as the priest and he's trying to say, I'm going to stick these uh, stick these rosary beads up your nose. And he's, these rosary bleeds. And he goes, these bleeds up this nose. <laughs> it, stick, it stuck with me since I was a child. These bleeds up this nose. Yeah. So it's, this is even without the comic outtakes this is the kind of movie that smoking the bandit is like it's not even to say it's not a serious movie is an insult to not serious movies <laughs> like it's barely 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 a movie it's kind of a hee-haw skit that goes on for an hour and a half but it is but also extremely funny <laughs> it's extremely funny and yeah. also the other thing that was a wonderful surprise to me is that it is very in very good condition on Netflix right now. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a pristine print. You're right. I couldn't believe it. It's pristine print. It, I think it's either 4k HDR restored, whatever. It looks it's fabulous. 4k. Yeah. It looks really, really good. <laughs> and so I highly recommend you get it on Netflix. And if you have a 4k stream and a 4k TV, watch it because I'm like, Oh, Grain is great. Everything looks great. I was really, really um, surprised by it. Great grain. Yes. And it's a very simple story, so it won't take us too long to get through it. But it's very, very funny. Um, Okay, so uh, how does it start? It starts off that it's at a... Trucker gets... Well, it's it's at a... It's at like a trucking drag race thing that's going on, right? Truckathon, yeah. yeah, truckathon kind of thing, yeah. And exactly. and and truckers were kind of this was like because of this film convoy. 
Was Convoy, Convoy before was, this or after? I think this? Convoy was seventy six. Let's double check. Let's get our team on. Tell that. me, tell me what it is. Tell me what it is. Let's get this in because Convoy was definitely about truckers. I think Convoy brought the whole thing on, and then of course we saw that one thing with mm-hmm. uh, that, Breaker Breaker with um, yep with what's his name um, uh, Chuck Norris Breaker Breaker, which is a truck movie without movie. a truck. <laughs> The Truckerless Truck Film Fest. Truckerless <laughs> truck. Truckerless Truck Films. Remember, I was like, let's have a Truckerless Truck Film Festival. Think, it's a trucker film yeah. in the poster, but it's no trucks in it. No trucks. And all the trucks you see are going to be stock footage. <laughs> it was pretty much stock footage. That was insane. That was like, what the, the, the weird gestalt the, the, like, that hit in the seventies of just like, we must have Truckers uh, speed, speedboats jumping over bridges, helicopters, uh, motorcycle jumps, and uh, truckers. Was eighties. <laughs> helicopters was eighties. Helicopters And then, and we have to. We absolutely must have convoys and CB those, radios. Yeah, it was CB radios and trucks. And then in the eighties, when helicopters with those little things in the front, yeah, with the microphone, Airwolf, right there, Blue yeah. Thunder, the yeah. thing, every John Carpenter film. Yeah, convoy yeah. was seventy. Eight. So it was the year after. Yeah. Now, after the first one? Huh? After yeah. the first... Um, after Smokey the first Smokey. Uh, a Smokey. Yeah. The Smokey started and, it off. And Convoy is directed by... Do you see it? Uh, Richard Conway. Sam Peckinpah. Sam Peckinpah. Yeah. And he was forever bitter because the original cut of Convoy was like four hours. But he'd lost his mind, didn't he? I remember and, a whole yeah, photo of the, him being dragged out of the Academy Awards. Right, right. So, like, I would, they've always, they've always talked about, like, can you get an original cut of Convoy? Because, like, apparently it's an entirely, and you see little bits in that movie that you're like, I think he's making a different movie here. Like, there's some other weird, very peck and paw film that's happening. Like, bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia or something like this. And instead they turn into this, like, sort of campy, weird, it would be so strange movie. to be like, it's actually a movie about the snuff film industry, but they made it into a trucker film. It's like, what? It's, it's truckerless truck film. That's what it is. Like, how the hell did that? Do something. Call it Convoy and make sure. Yeah, I think maybe that's the executives it. executives panic. <laughs> exactly. Can we get a motorcycle jump in this? Cross we the Grand Canyon? snuff films. Okay. We're just going to make it about truck drivers. <laughs> make it about truck drivers. And get it, can we get an orangutan in this? Is there a way? <laughs> That that was filmmaking. That was studio filmmaking in the seventies. How do we get an orangutan in this? <laughs> yeah, that's right? gonna get <laughs> Eastwood. I wonder if they. I wonder if they just thought, well, there's no sag for for the for the for the orangutan. So this is a great right ways to save money. Pardon me. They don't have to pay them like uh, sag rates or anything to the orangutan. Do you think that's where you what it was? I'm I'm sure there was something like I have a great deal with the San Diego Zoo. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. I mean, right. back then they were putting combos based on like we have extra tanks lying around. I swear, like you saw a lot of those. Um, I don't know if we covered it before, but a lot of those tanks that you saw in like the '60s and '70s. I wonder if because they was declassified, the tanks were being sold publicly. That's amazing to me. Right? Like that makes because, sense. Like because they have to be demilitarized and there's a certain period where the government holds on to it and then they're like, Oh, we got all these tanks in the desert, let's just sell them off at collector bottom and then like let's make a war movie. Right. 
If I so buy a bunch of tanks, we can make a bunch of war movies. That's right. So I just think, you know, sometimes studio execs, at least back then, they just thought like that. Like, I have a factory. Let's just make something in it. Yeah. Okay. What was so, that you just posted, Dan? Oh, I was um, I was just putting the the, um, uh, uh, the French Connection uh, warning up on our up on our site. Okay, that's it. All right. Uh, where was I? Okay, so uh, at this event, we meet our Cletus. What's his name? Is it that's yeah. the character's name? Let's say Cletus. <laughs> I think it was Cletus Enus, something Enus. like that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's Snowman. This is it goes Snowman. in sandal, yeah. right? And then uh, the banded is yep. Burt Reynolds. So these are their CB radio handles. So this is when people got really excited about using CB radio slang. And CB slang, yeah. It's like yeah, the best. Which was yeah. great. I remember loving this when I was kid. It was the greatest thing in the oh, world. Oh, it's the greatest. 10100. Yeah, mm. all this stuff. We still use for that good today. buddy. Yeah, exactly. And for a good buddy. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, and, uh, and there was even a TV show called um uh, uh was it something in the bear what's it blah 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 in the bear um, oh wait something in the bear B- B- um bj and the, the bear bj and the bear that's it bj, BJ and, the, and bear. the bear and like which is essentially i mean like smoking about it yeah well and also it, like the bear was a uh uh a monkey right there uh, you but, go uh, so you have to give sag residuals get get, get an orangutan in there that's <laughs> like that was it was a combination of everything yeah just like how could we get like motorcycle jumps and orangutan and cb radio talk there it is <laughs> yep well, it's like, essentially a lead character that's not in sag yeah you don't have like, you know it's bad. Pay, pay he's not gonna strike yeah more more bananas. <laughs> more bananas. <laughs> I need more bananas. So so yeah, where were we? Uh right. And so uh what happens is that there's this this festival that's happening and these two rich Texans that come up. And this is like the most stereotype of stereotypes. They're all they're it's a they're wearing big white suits and big white cowboy hats, right? And there's a big guy Named Big Anus. Yeah. And Little Anus. <laughs> yes. That's pretty funny. Right? <laughs> and Little Anus is played by Paul Williams, who is Enus. Do you guys know who Paul Williams? Yes. Yeah. The He's famous. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. brilliant songwriter. Yeah. Who does, people. yeah. Right. Who does He's music for the film, yeah? He does music for the film, but he is a fantastic songwriter and singer. And if you guys have the Muppet Show, like the original Muppet Show, his guest star on the Muppet Show is just like fabulous. He is very, very good. Yeah. Uh, he's also very, very short. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very, very, and very recently, good. more recently, he's actually been a very big advocate for um, flip flops, the music industry in terms of fighting for their rights on streaming, such as Spotify. He's right. actually been a big person in that area as well. That's so awesome. he's actually a big, important person, yeah. but he plays this very minor, very comedic role uh, in this film where they're doing this, this thing. So they're basically two brothers, one very big guy. in his guy. old neighborhood. In Paul Williams' old neighborhood? Yeah. Uh, Paul Williams lived in by Hancock Park across Wilshire from me. Oh, right. And he sold his house to Danny Elfman. Uh, hmm. Look at that. Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. All right, so um, they make this bet because I guess that's what 
Texans do. Texans do is they make crazy bets with people and see if they dare them to do something. By the way, just quickly, I apologize, Chris. Is this not the greatest product placement movie in the world? In terms <laughs> of in terms of what? A course? Yes. Course. It's yeah. just like That's a un- terrible beer. Coors. I know, but it's just like you know, everywhere best, it's Coors. We're going with Coors. I mean, it was like they must Shipping have... Coors, delicious Coors beer over the line. That's refreshing on the Ref- list. Anyway, <laughs> let's go. Exactly. Those people in East Texas need some delicious Coors beer. Coors. <laughs> Hi there, Smokey. I'm just enjoying a delicious Coors here. Wait for you to drive by so I can show you my pretty body. Well, you keep drinking that Coors. Yeah. Yep. Let me just put it this way. Ultimate product placement movie where there's just everybody's on the CB. It's so good. (laughs) It's hot out. I'm having a course and I'm going to drive by. (laughs) Like every other line. It's like a product placement. (laughs) What do you think about that? Couldn't that be another product placement? Film festival? festival. Brought to you by cores. We're sorority <laughs> sisters, but you drive by. We're gonna flash you with our cores. <laughs> My orangutans get into the cores, and now we don't know if we can't get them out of the truck. That's yeah. why I call him cores, because he's sweet and easy on the yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable, dude. <laughs> wasn't wasn't, wasn't the guy who who made cores he's like a super right wing guy right no yes. really yeah <laughs> is in, that possible yeah in colorado <laughs> in colorado yeah uh yes uh fresh from the rockies which is funny because they go to texas and texas has uh some pretty good beer shiner is a delicious beer oh, that's true uh Very true. now they the goal basically they do this they what how much time do they give them they're like 28 hours right yeah. uh something like that and so they basically tell them, you need to go there in Georgia. It's like Texarkana. You you're going to go to Texarkana, which is in East Texas, right? You're going to collect 400 cases of beer. Coors. Coors beer, right? And you're going to drive it here, and you have to be back in 28 hours because I'm having a party. We'll give you $80,000 to do this, which is – a lot of money in mm-hmm. 1977 when this movie came out, right? Um, and they're like, okay, so do this and do that. And they just got to get this beer. Now, the trick is driving across towny lines in that time, etc., could be in dry neighborhoods without the proper permits. It's illegal. And they it's illegal that very and early. it's considered bootlegging. <laughs> right. Right. So that's yeah. the whole deal. You got to come here. You got to bring 400 cases of beer in a truck over here. So the plan is that Bandit, or who is uh, uh, Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds uh, is going the guy to. Who Burt Reynolds was? Yes. Bandit <laughs> that guy, is Burt Reynolds. What's his name? I... <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Another yeah. great podcast. <laughs> You know, he was famous. Uh, what was his name? The guy anyway, with the mustache. That's right. He was naked once in a magazine. <laughs> Jesus, Chris. Hello. Welcome back to Trainwreck uh, Film Podcast. <laughs> the, the Trainwreck Film Festival. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so he decides he's going to drive. You know, they're, they're going to – they need to drive all this stuff. So Burt Reynolds and then his friend – Snowman, who's uh, uh, starring Jerry Reed. Now, Jerry Reed. Jerry Reed. Great musician. 
sings the songs musician. in the movie. He sings the oh, the yeah. just to, uh, the, the 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 song of the smoking about yeah. it, right? Yeah, and they call you the bandit. That one as yeah, well. Yeah, but he but he's a great oh, uh, it's great musician. Yeah. He was a like, guitarist, like smoking good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, Cletus, that is, his name is Cletus in the movie. Actually, I just looked it up, which is funny. So the deal is that Cletus or Snowman is going to this is way drive the, the truck, 80s Coke stuff, you know, drive right. the truck, and then uh, uh, <laughs> he and his brother Freebase are big truckers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call my Papa Fentanyl. We're going to try to drive this beer across. Hey, Snowman. This is not Falcon and the Snowman. That's a different movie. Oh, what if we did Falcon and the Snowman and Smokey and the Bandit? Uh, that oh, would have been a good, <laughs> good combo. That's right. That would have been a good Mom, combo. Dad, I got to drive cores across. Cores. <laughs> Mom, Dad. You work for the CA? No, I'm driving cores cross county lot. I think it's bootlegging. I think no, I'm a bootlegging. I think I'm a oh, bootlegging. Oh, we thought you were a Russian spy. No. <laughs> oh, that, okay, that just made the podcast for me. Uh, that was good. Uh, okay, a so time. AI, will, I'll be able to do that with AI. Smokey and the snowman. Smokey and the snowman. Smokey Smokey snowman. snowman. Yeah. My dad, I'm driving cores cross county lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, oh God, that's funny. Um, all right. So, uh, basically they, they said they'll, they'll do it and, uh, they give them a bunch of cash so that they can, uh, essentially do what they need to do. Right. So they, they basically <laughs> get all the, uh, get all the beer they need, get all the gas they need. And he wants a new car. Right. Of course. Right. So this car that he has is almost as iconic as the firebird the the, the yes the, the, no yeah the 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 firebird uh the trans am it's a trans am you're mute uh dan the trans am yeah, yeah the trans am so the firebird is uh sorry the trans am is almost as iconic as the uh as the green bullet train a uh, bullet mm -hmm. car right mm -hmm. and so on so, you know it's got the freaking whole chicken on the front the whole thing the fire chicken <laughs> Right. That the is fire called? chicken. I love this. The fire. I chicken. think that's what that, that's the nickname that people use for it, the fire chicken. Uh, I, I know that. Remember Lou Pecora? Yeah, he had one. He had he had one of those cars, and he had the whole fire chicken on it and the whole thing, right? Yeah, those never thrilled me. They're interesting what? cars. Trans Ams. Big, no, so over the top. It's amazing. Yeah, it having a big chicken on your your hood. Yeah, I think that's just kind of that was just strange, strange and awesome at the same time. Uh, uh, Jason also said Tango and Coors Cash, which is <laughs> uh, okay. So they he buy with the Vance again. He buys himself a Trans Am, and he's running blocker for the truck because the truck has to go much faster than the speed limit. Actually, Brady calculated the average speed. They had to average seventy miles an hour to make that distance, right? With all the stops, that means they had to go much faster, right? So he has to run blocker, which means with his fast car, he is going to distract the cops so that the truck can go through and just not be pulled over because he's bootlegging and go also fast enough without distraction. So that's the whole plan, right? 
Um, and uh, they decide to do it. Cletus also has his dog with him, <laughs> which is a basset hound, and it's adorable. <laughs> and what's the name of the basset hound? I forgot the name of the basset hound. Oh God, uh, uh, your your block. <laughs> no, it's like um, free base. Uh, yeah, it's like. No, it's oh shoot! It just came. To okay, me. who remembers the name of the Basset Hound in Smoking the Bandit? I just watched it like three days ago, and somehow it's escaping me right yeah, now. Yeah, you're really having trouble. Yeah, I'm not doing too well today. I have had a rough couple of days. Have you really? Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Too much. Yeah. Too I much. Know. Uh, anyway. but, uh, uh, it's like oh gosh, I can't remember. Anyway, I'm going to keep going with a story. Um, so they arrive at Texarkana pretty quickly. That's not part of the plot. Like they're just like they're they're all the way there pretty quickly. Um, and they it's closed when they get there, and they pretty much just steal the beer. <laughs> yeah, right. That's it. Fred, just, by the way, Fred. Fred. Fred was the name of the dog. Okay, yes. that's right. So they just steal the beer, and they're like just you know. Whatever. Big Cletus will pay for it. Just let him send the bill to Big Cletus. But they load up the truck with all the beer and then they drive off. Now, right after they drive off, they have their plan. They're going to do their thing. There is right in the middle of the highway, there's a car and a woman wearing a wedding dress. <laughs> That's in the middle of the road and they come to a complete stop and she jumps into the car and says, does this thing move? <laughs> Which is such a great line. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And he does the, that's the, that's the perfect Burt Reynolds of the like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And, um, they take off and then she's trying to figure out what do you, why is she wearing a wedding dress? Right. I mean, this, you know, that this was the pitch line of the film. Like, right. it's Burt Reynolds in a super hot car driving along, and there's suddenly, let's say, Sally Field. <laughs> and she's yeah. in the wedding dress. Go. Right. That's, that's director proof. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. Right. That's totally right. That, she, that would that. she had won, a, won an Academy Award by then? Did, uh, for, um, Absence of Malice? No, not for Absence of Malice. It's for the um, uh, the Union movie. What is it called? Norma Ray. Norma Ray. Norma Ray. Yep. 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 But she also did, what's the Sybil? Did she do that? Did she? Uh... Yeah, that's what put her on the map. It's uh, Sybil's the not nun. a great movie, but like, oh, yeah. no, she was famous for being, um, like, yeah, the flying nun. Uh, but uh, but in terms of like being taken as a, seriously as an actor, it was um, Sybil, which is not a great movie, but it's a very intense performance that got her real acting roles, right? Then she um, does Norma Ray gets the Oscar. I think Norma Ray is before Bandit, but I'm not sure. Um, but after that, she is caught between playing smoking the Bandit parts and trying to be more serious. And she goes, she pushes it too far into like a Academy Award winning kinds of serious roles. I and, know you like me. Yeah, and that's what ends up crashing her career. Yeah, like she is obviously she was desperate to get. The the um the uh the applause yeah the, yeah. the affirmation and, yeah she uh, wanted to be like a, 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 Meryl Streep Meryl Streep exactly. yeah and she's a wonderful actor and a, a friend of mine worked for her for a long time and said she's a really lovely lovely person 
Um, but that's that's a classic, you know, young actor mistake. It's like you, you win a you win an award early, and then you're like, I need a bigger role that's going to really rack them up. Yeah, and then I just remember Kate Winslet in extras when she kept talking about. Oh yeah, that's the greatest man. She was talk about honest. <laughs> it's hysterical. I was like, I was like yeah. yeah, what was she saying? In extra, she was she was playing a nun during a a, a, a a Holocaust film, and she was like, "Well, that's how you win Oscars. You got to play a Holocaust film." And he's like, "Either that or play a retard." Like, yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> but I mean, that's that is. I mean, behind closed doors, that's exactly how producers talk about that stuff. Absolutely, yeah. and it's, she was it's like, money. They don't they don't give a shit about what the movie's saying. It's just money. Yes, it's a hundred percent right. It's Oscar bait, right? So, uh, it's really funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's 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 an excellent actor, and I applaud her for being in on that show. And, and well, the funniest part of her hilarious. being an extra is that she she's playing this like benign nun right. um, in the thing, and then the minute they hit cut, she turns into this hardest, <laughs> most vile. Like she's like you know giving fake blowjobs and yeah. like in the nun outfit that in she's the still nun wearing. Outfit. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. I my I think my favorite uh, person ever on that show is David Bowie though. But oh. when, when he's going, when he starts singing Chubby the song, <laughs> "Angry Little Fat Man," like it's the best. Just roasting Gervais to his face in song. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Oh. No, I think I got a good. I, 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 I almost have it. Angry little, no, chubby little. <laughs> so good. Do you have you have you follow uh, Ricky Gervais on on Instagram? No, he does a lot of pictures of himself in the bathtub, which is hilarious. <laughs> That's lovely. But um, I will now really? not be following him on Instagram. Oh, it's like he does this. He does this thing where he like twists his face so he's got this very weird crunched up face under the water and just like and it's just this very bizarre hilarious thing that Ricky Gervais does. And I just love the fact that he's like, yeah, I'm okay with that. That's going to be my persona on yeah. Instagram. Hey man, that's better than me. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to see me do that. Yeah. Guaranteed. Okay, so she gets in a car, and uh, she is uh, – as she's doing that, he's trying to figure out what's going on, but he doesn't really seem to care. He just enjoys the fact that he's got this crazy little person in the car. Uh, Cletus says, hey, man, what's with the seat cover, which is a trucker's term for a girl in the passenger seat. <laughs> mm, oh, yeah. Right. Just saying. There it is. <laughs> I learned kind of a lot of. I learned a lot of truck. I got into like trucker slang because I got into this because of, like things like you know if a car is rolled over on the on the highway and it's mm -hmm. it's called greasy side up. Greasy you know, side up. <laughs> choke, and kind of, choke and puke. Choke my favorite. Choke and puke is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and so there's a lot of a uh, lot of terms like that. But anyway, so she is getting out of her wedding dress and veils are flying. Also. If you guys don't know, uh, uh, and a, uh, a Trans Am is a T-top, which is kind of a strange convertible kind of. It's like the P-38 of cars. Right. <laughs> it's a weird thing that will cut you in half in an accident. Yeah. 
So that's why you, it, if you know the P thirty eight, you couldn't if you jumped out of it, and there's chances you'll just be sliced in half. What's the P thirty eight? It was a plane that had the 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 back section it was two fuse pieces of fuselage with a long wing. If you look it up, and if you and had a big um, a rudder or aileron through it going across the span between the two fuselages. And okay. the thing was, if you jumped out of it, it was World War II, you just would be sliced. It's a good chance that the back wing would slice you in half. So oh, that's, yeah. That, that was a design sound. flaw. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that, was, that was the whole point of that. But it, the Trans Am has that weird thing, which I'm sure if the car rolls, it'll do damage to your head. Right. Well, the way it is, is that it's instead of a convertible where the whole top rolls back, the middle part between the passenger and the driver's seat would stay connected. So that's why it was called a T-top because the front would be a T and it would go back. But the tops, uh, the tops are, it says unmute Dan. So unmute you, Dan. Okay. You're, you're yeah. unmuted. Okay. The top would be like these panels that you could just pop out, <laughs> right. right? It wasn't actually a convertible. It was like these panels that you would have and you could, uh, that were pretty interesting. Um, and so uh, that that's where it is. So those are off the whole time. So that most of the shots of them in the car is very airy and breezy, which I think is actually pretty interesting in terms of where they are and how they're talking because you can hear the car going – and that's part of the audio that works as well as when she gets in the car and it's a convertible, her wedding dress is kind of flying all over the place, which is also interesting, right? Right, right. Yep. So, uh, so pretty much she find out that she is ran away from her wedding <laughs> and is getting away to get out of there because mm -hmm. she doesn't want to be married, right? right? We find out that the person she was supposed to be marrying is the sheriff's son of Idiot the son. <laughs> Idiot son <laughs> right. from Texarkana, right? Right. Right. And the son is an idiot, and the sheriff is played by Eric. Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason. And Jackie Gleason is famous for uh, Moon. Uh, the Honeymooners. The Honeymooners. Mm. Thank you. Uh, but very, very, very funny. And he goes so hard at this role that you would, I like for the longest time, I thought that was his actual accent. Like the Southern, like crazy Southern sheriff. I like that, that, that's who he was. Oh like, God. Uh, before I do anything. He, he sounds like the, 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 what's the, the rooster in, uh, oh yeah, Foghorn Leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. <laughs> I've told you my favorite Foghorn Leghorn line. Yes. When, when he, go ahead uh, and say it again. We have to say it again where the because uh, his egghead uh, nephew uh, does some math to figure out where he's hiding himself. Sticks a shovel in the ground and goes and like pops him up out of the ground. And he was formerly just seconds ago hiding in the corn crib. And he goes over to the corn crib to say like, "What the fuck just happened?" He he almost opens it and says, "I don't want to look. I just might be in there." <laughs> It cracks me up to no end every single time. <laughs> yep. I don't want. I don't want to look. I just might be in there. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so now, basically, we're starting a car chase that lasts the rest of the movie. Yes. 
right? So the car chase is between uh, uh, Bandit and the cop. And the cop, the nickname for a cop in CB radio is a Smokey. Because Smokey, Smokey Bear. Bear. And the Bandit. Right. There you go. Right. So, uh, so Smokey and the Bandit. That's the whole, the whole plot of this thing. Uh, while trying to get away in general with mm-hmm. the beer and manage that thing. So with the cores, with, with the cores, with, with cores, <laughs> right? Not beer, cores. And so <laughs> at, at this point, we're introduced to, there's not much going on at this point except for crazy antics. Yeah. High jinks, fast driving, crashing into things, dumb jokes. Right. Get, 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 kind of stuff, you know. That's what it, that's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they do. What are some of your favorite antics during the whole thing? Oh man, oh man. I like the bit where they are trying to like. I like uh, Field and Reynolds doing the swap seats gag is really charming, kind of sexy, and very funny. Yeah. Oh, like, was she's driving? Yes, I love. I that's that may be my favorite scene in the movie. Like yeah, yeah where you just well, you like, see this picture I put behind Eric, mm-hmm. where she is in his lap, yes, and holding him, yeah. like romantically while they're driving 110 miles an yeah. hour. Yeah, like they they work well together. These these kids. yeah, they really were. They really really a lot of tight pants in this film. A lot of tight pants. It's a tight pants movie. Tight it's a very movie. tight pants movie. And uh, and you can tell like this is one of the scenes where the scene almost breaks the like they're having so much obvious fun. That they're not really their characters anymore, and yeah. and that and sort of has that sort of Saturday Night Live breaking thing happening. But it really endears me to the like the movie is about being endeared to the actors, right? You know, and it's it's not about the movie. It's it's, it's fluffy as it's as fluff. it gets. Yeah, it's pure fluff. Um, but that's what makes it so so much breezy breezy fun. So yeah, that, I think that like that that little shtick is great. There's uh, there's lots of, there's plenty of great like car chase. I like nonsense. when you say breezy fun. It, yeah, there's something about it. It's breezy. It's fun. just breezy fun. That's like if you if you breezy cast fun this, says Dan Brown of the New York Post. Hundred percent breezy fun. Like this is like if this is something that if it's like if it pops up on the first page of Tubi, I'm putting it on. Like right. That's just that is exactly what this movie is. Like no thought whatsoever. This is the, and this is a perfect. You remember we talked about like if it's going to be Sophie's Choice or Overboard, you're going to watch Overboard? Overboard, exactly. Smoking and Bandit would definitely be... Yeah, I don't that's know, a big winner. That's a big, big winner. winner. You know, you, you and you can start it at any point. Yeah, exactly. Captain just, Ron. These movies, like, they're, they're designed for this. Right. Like, I don't really want to watch... But I think there's something the very Americana about this. It is. Right? Yeah. It's, it's all Americana. Seven, it's, it's a se- specific 70s It's MAGA before pop- MAGA. Yeah, and not, and then not in the incredibly negative way. That no, no, uh, no, no. Yeah. That's it's not the, it. It's, it's just it's, it's it's celebration of the working man of the people, yes. and they have, uh, you know, they are part of something as well. Right. There, and there yeah. is a sly political statement that happens in this during yes. their their falling in love talk. Right. Where they're like, oh, I wish the South won the Civil War. That no. It's controversial, right? It's it, controversial. But, but it gives the movie a certain pop. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's not exactly what they say. <laughs> but they're debating the kind of music that they like and the different – and there seems to be like a yeah class distinction. It's a class warfare on, thing. Yeah. Right? 
And very much so. Very much the so. South has always felt like they're playing second fiddle to the snobs from the, the Northeast. The rich snobs. Yeah. yeah. The rich snobs from the Northeast. Specifically. Mm-hmm. I feel that's Burt Reynolds' attitude was because he started his own theater company in Florida. Mm-hmm. I don't think he liked Hollywood, Hollywood. I, I think you're right. That's probably true. I can't hear Eric. Dan, because he's eating and not talking to his microphone. Sorry, I got to keep that blood sugar you on. Gotta, you got to figure no. out, are, are you no. eating or are you podcasting, Dan? Mm, I'm eating. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, so, uh, so the, the the thing I think is like interesting is like they make that statement about, you know, like country music. You like, you know, it, what, was, what was Donnie and Marie? Remember Don? Yeah, but no, you see, Marie, that yeah. was all that time too. Yeah, it was Honestly, the same time. It, yeah, so it's like they hit a I'm right a little bit country. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little bit, bit rock, rock and roll. roll. But we're both Mormons from Utah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's the that's the subtext. But yeah, no, like there's a there's a there's a happiness about America in this movie, and it doesn't. It's an it's an apolitical sort of contest that's happening, like. Isn't it funny that we are, we are in love, Sally Field and Burt Reynolds? You know, she in is real the, life they were dating or after I, the film. I, I don't know. know if yeah, were they dating? I, yeah, yeah. I feel. I feel they like dated. they must have been. They feel like they are. No, they but, were. They were together. Yeah. But I know he was with Dinah Shore at the time. Oh, look at that! Yeah, I just Dinah got Shore. the gossip. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but yeah, like I, I think that that's part of the trend because she's she's northeastern. She's uh, she likes what was she like Andrew Lloyd okay, Webber or whatever on, it is. Yeah, Sondheim, Sondheim, Sondheim. Now, is she really northeastern or is she a southerner? Because she has a southern accent that wants to be a northeastern person. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right. So, but she has I the think... trappings of a she has the liberal trappings and the intellectual trappings that he is right. desires. Yeah. And that's so, what, she what the statement is family. Or yes. living country living, but right. like I want to go up there and become I want to go star. to Broadway right. and be a like, star. And, yeah, oh, exactly. Right. right. Yeah, that's so, what she wants to do. And he's like, "That's not important. What's important is the people and yeah. Coors beer. Coors. Well, Coors he out. doesn't even do that. All he does is like, I like this, and that's yeah. okay. And she is trying to find <laughs> common ground." You guys, we can't do eating and podcasting at the same time. I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I hear the clinking and the clinking, and it's just like, it's just I always like, eat. I mute. I know, but I it's mute. just like, we have a podcast we, that we're doing. We have, and we, you guys are just sitting here having dinner. I mean, I don't like, Everyone's welcome to have dinner with us. Please, yeah. please join. Please join. <laughs> yeah. I tried to uh, mute through the worst of the chewing, and then don't get it into okay. my beard. All right. <laughs> we're, pa- we're podcasting through six o'clock. Something's got to be done. It's not snacking. six o'clock. It's five forty. I mean, how, I mean, is it, is it the early bird special? I mean, what's going this is on? It. It's the blue plate. It's, it's eight thirty for me, dude. Eight thirty for Eric. That I get. I understand. Yeah, that's but, it. You know. Uh. Uh. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Please but comment on something about Discord. her. Her trying to be sn- slightly snobby and make is like, how could I fall? Well, she I'm, left her husband, right? Right. Who's southern? Who, Who's so she's just, yeah, who's a she desires southern. to do yeah, more exactly. with her life, right? And right. She's cultured. and so the more right. exactly. Go ahead, Eric. She's cultured, or she wants to be more cultured. She wants and that's to her be, desire she, right. to escape, and he she likes him, but he seems more in the tune of what she just left her fiance. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, she's uh, like he's like culturally, but not intelligent. He's smart. Yeah, like he's a charming, smart, course, smart, yeah. nice guy. Yeah, exactly. He's he's got his life under control. He's a good guy, and you know he's uh he's got everything that she wants that she was formerly blaming on Southern, you know, doofusness of her husband, and now she's like, oh, maybe maybe I was wrong. Yeah, you know? but yeah, right. like the 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 flavor because I mean like those are old South and New South, old South and New South. This is a new this is a New South movie, right? And, uh, where it, which is like, people are shocked that there was a show like smoke, not smoking the man, rather, uh, was the general Lee and all that stuff. The Dukes of Hazard, right? By the way, this is also at the same time when George's Leonard Skinner was huge. Yeah. Which has some racist shit in it. Boy. Wow. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. That's, that's some, that's some, that's some bad that's material. Bird. Okay. Yeah. I exactly. should note, do you know who owns I'm almost positive, and someone can look it up and tell me I'm wrong or tell me I'm right. The person get who owns the rights to uh 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 what we were just talking about. Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Who owns the rights to that? Dad, Willie yeah. Mays. Is it Willie Mays? My gosh. Nope. No. Who? Bill, Bill Cosby. Cosby. Oh, right. You did tell me. I did I not Bill say Cosby. that bef- bef- right when you that said it? That is a he tangled owns, fact, man. That's a tangled owns, fact. He uh, owns our gang. Yeah, that is a tangled bit of fact right there. He owns it so he can control it because of that situation of right. the fate he feels about racism, right. which is weird because, anyway, he's, he's, a, ra- he's a rapist <laughs> <laughs> because he is legally actually a rapist yes. of many, many, many women. Who's been part of <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. He is, yeah. He is. He's still he is in not, jail, right? No, he's been pardoned. He's been pardoned. He's Who pardoned the, him. Yes. Who? I'm pretty sure Donald Trump pardoned. Him. No. Well, he's not pardoned. He's not a good person. <laughs> he's not a good person. I understand. Like he was the, not pardoned. How would he you was. pardon? I'm almost positive he was. No, we'll fact check this. However, Hold on a second. Uh, I can't believe anybody would pardon that. It was so blatant uh, what he did. Bill Cosby is a free man as of June 30th, 2021. Uh, it, or, I don't yeah, know who he was pardoned. He was, uh, I think it was a technicality that he was uh, loose, loosed by. That's nuts. Yeah, it's really hideous. But uh, in any case, like the, uh, that, like his, his personal. What was the technicality that the drinks that he, he spiked were non-alcoholic? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, okay. It's hideous. Um, but like, aside, <laughs> aside from his, beverage. aside from his personal awfulness, like his intent, I understand, which is like, we should not try to, we should not try to buff the, you know, the, uh, a, a, a flag of racism into, uh, something that's acceptable. I understand where yeah. it's coming from. On Especially that. By the a card that features so you know, the Confederate flag. Confederate on it. flag. Exactly. Yeah. He also um, bought all, the R gang stuff and refused to show it. Yeah. Because I, of I, Alpha. But that was the first African American actor, child actor, that rose to prominence. I right. mean, Hal Roach put that all together. Mm-hmm. That's so true. it's not like he did it because he, he was racist in any which way. Right. Right. But I think that there's like these things, that kind of stuff is, you know, obvi- it's extremely complicated. It's extremely complicated. And like, I think that like the, like, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to make any argument for Dukes of Hazzard primarily because it's, it's a shitty show, <laughs> but like the, that it was, 
acceptable like that the concept of the show was acceptable back then isn't because everyone in america was racist it was because jimmy carter was president the idea of the south was an easy pleasant thing and we were getting beyond the horrors of the and past. also movies like smoking the bandit smoking the bandit and were kind of popular stuff, right? okay. and you so wanted I to see cars jumping over the rivers shit. Exactly. the real the thing was it was just the daisy dukes Daisy, Daisy Dukes, exactly. That she had an incredible body. It was yeah. like I'll just watch the show for that. Yeah, like it, like there's a there's and a that happens in Smoking a Bandit as well when they do the true. whole like you know the car blocking with all the the, right. the convoy that they do and like we got you, Smokey. You know, yeah, like you so know, many or, of them are like, banded. Yeah, the bear trap, whatever it is they do. Like, I mean, like, but like the all the stuff, like, there's oh. a, there, like, there's a, there's a, Some like, there's a, there. there's a, a very, very light, uh, like, there's, totally this, like, is, that's not this a is a, I would a, a, radi- a radically popular film that is, uh, that was, that was cross political, right? Uh, and everyone accepted it. And that's not something you could ever have today. Like, anything that was remotely, Pro Southern today would be an absolute hot button disaster. Like you could not put out Smoking the Bandit in the slightest. Yeah, but today. you know that that's actually where we are right now. Because yeah. the problem is the 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 South at that time had been feeling very excluded from the conversation about the United States. Right. Well, I think that, I think that we are very much on track towards. Uh, we're repair. on track to doing that again. <laughs> well, like, yeah, well, this is what I'm saying. It's like, I think that we were that through, I think that because we were, we're villainizing the South in terms well, yeah. of, the, and, of media. They're not villainizing. They're just bad people. They're just born bad. Like, they're just born villains. So we should uh, yeah, no. do something about that. Then, you know, like true, the, 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 yeah, yeah, it's like the, that we, we were very much on track towards healing this hideous divide and, moving beyond like actually culturally moving beyond the endemic racism in the south it was slowly 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 getting better and everyone was on board with making it better and then people like donald trump were like what if i use twitter to make everyone hate each other again and now everyone not only hates each other again all that racist hideousness has become a flag of pride for many people and like it's like all all of the good work (laughs) uh that was being done was wiped out instantly. And then on our side of the fence, the liberal side of the fence is we, uh, in- encourage seeing them as hideous Bad devils. People. And Actually, that makes that, it worse. The thing that <laughs> like I felt so... was the worst thing that liberalism has done in the past five years was basically making cops the villains. I think that's very, that's a serious problem. I that like was just I, the stupidest I couldn't understand. I mean, there like, are bad I think cops, that, but you yeah, can't, like, I think making, you can't just do that. I mean, it's well, like, it's here's, so here, bad. If I, can, for... if I can sum that, if I can sum this up, like, I absolutely agree with, like, I, if, like, like, structurally, it's a disaster. Like, it, it's a haven for incredibly violent, terrible people. I agree with all this. This is all true. However, um, as we ask them to do this, we are responsible for it. And pretending like we don't know anything about it when we're the ones who vote for the people that hire the cops is baloney. Like we, it's, this is the ultimate NIMBY stuff where it's just like, we are perfectly happy to make all sorts of very racist, damning votes, uh, for, well, you know, I'm going to vote for these council people because they support, 
I, I'm, you know, I'm talking about and what it, defund oh, um, the police. No, this is what well, adds up. What I'm talking about adds up to that very fact. Like defund the police blames the police as if the police aren't doing exactly what liberals have hired them to do, which is beat on black people. Like that's liberals? what we hire. Yes, yes. You like you look at how people vote in Santa Monica. Like all these liberals, like their actual voting record is extraordinarily anti-poor, extraordinarily anti-poor. Okay. Yes. Right. And that's what, that is what leads to country. My problem was across the country, Mm -hmm. they were take, they were cutting budgets for policemen. Of course. Yeah. And it just affects the overall safety for the whole community. And so what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that the people that are responsible for violent cops being cruel to poor people are the people that hired them to act that way. And those people are us. But there's so also be, there's also been based there's been an encouragement for, if you if you have strong feelings about race you can just join the police force absolutely and right? that is your excuse to beat up people right. of a certain race and not get in trouble for it right and so and so my 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 point my point is why well like ask yourself why that vile situation exists is because the people who hire policemen our regular city council members, the people that vote for those are you and I. And so when you hire people that hire brutal racists, it's your fault. Like it is my fault that this exists. It's not like the police turn the police themselves turned evil. We don't like poor people. And okay. so we pay for this to happen. That, I, what, That's what we issue do. Goes back to, I understand that. And I agree with you in certain terms. I'm just saying these city councils in the past three years who have defunded the police mm-hmm. ha- created, and in LA, my neighborhood where I live downtown. It makes things unsafe. It was unsafe. I agree. And and the way that no cash bail, all this stuff, it's like you're, you're basically harming everybody. And defunding a police department in Wisconsin doesn't really help your community. Well, this is, this is the problem, right? Is that like by saying this is something magically evil that the police just do is abdicating your responsibility for it happening. Right. Okay. And how about like, not no, defunding? Well, this no, just, we're, do- we're, just for a second, we're on the same side here. Like I'm saying exactly what you're saying, right? What I mean to say is the people that are saying, defund the police, defund the police. Like you, you are the ones who hired people to beat these people. Like you have to accept the fact that you chose this to happen. That's why it happened. And so saying police are villains when you are the villain is disingenuous. Like, I agree that these things have to change. The way you change them is by changing your vote about how these things happen. But that's not what we do. We want to blame somebody else, like the, the Trump supporters or whatever. You're, when we are the ones, you know, middle yeah. class liberals made this happen. So, so first of all, the Trump supporters... That's just Trump capitalizing on, I can make this work for me. Yes. Right? And then, you know what he can do? I can sell a bunch of merch to them. Like, he's literally That's like a, a YouTube. It's a business. It's, it's a, a business. It's a he's just finding business. ways to extract money out right. of people. Trying to get people to fight so that he can have control and he make can have money. money. No, it's about money. Happening. It's not about any justice or anything else. It's about him getting money from these doesn't people. Matter. He doesn't even like him. But I'm not going to get into that right now. I'm going to actually try to wrap this up and try sure. to be more positive because the whole point of smoking a bandit. I know it's like we're the not opposite. Going to talk tone. about defund the police, <laughs> right? We're actually it's going fun. to talk about this. Is a fun it's movie. Fun movie, right? right? Like that's the idea. So, and so, like having a set, like this, I I miss this kind of a movie where 
everybody in America can just be on board with it. Yes. Like, like that's like, that's like, this is good. It's good to actually find things to love about each other and have fun. And with the other one, movie, <laughs> we talked about Ghostbusters the other day. That's exactly the same thing. It's like, oh, wait, or Die Hard, another right. one, right? All of these things yes. are kind of like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. Like, but I, let's just have fun. Same thing. Not the bad lieutenant. No, <laughs> the bad lieutenant. Oh man, everyone can come together. You're left or right, both sides of the aisle. Let's bad all lieutenant. All come together. We Airplane. all had babysitters. Okay, yeah, right. like that. That's it. That's it. We all yeah, had babysitters it. like that. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah the exactly. Girls in the car were Harvey Keitel's babysitters. That's right. Real life. Uh, uh, that's it. That's it. Yeah, like I, I, I think that's this is the case. Is like what the worst thing that. What the worst thing that Trump has ever done is he's destroyed the ability for us to see movies like Smokey the Bandit. <laughs> and I true. actually kind of mean that. <laughs> like, or, or, uh, made the left turn so left that they changed the freaking edit of, of the French connection. Of a movie that agrees with them. Yeah, but you to can't make blame it, yeah. him. He's a I'm knucklehead. Not, no, no, yeah, yeah. you can. It's, you can. And I'll tell you why you can't. I incidentally because he him. empowered a voice that sort of started this revolution. He basically set fire to uh, a thing that was sort of. Trump is I an blame indi- Disney. I don't blame yeah. Donald Trump. Well, I like Disney. Disney is a he's is an a, idiot, and they are smart people. Uh, no, a huge corporation. I would. I will always agree. I will always argue that Donald Trump is not an idiot. He's an extremely devious, awful, evil he's, person. Guys, However. He like he's a he, selfish pain in the ass. Yes, absolutely, and he's and, incredibly successful at getting out of trouble and making lots of money. He's a genius. The thing is that he is only a single person. Like the real fault of what is happening right now is that we agree to what the lies that he told us. Like we we he turns these people into hateful people, and we go, yes, they've always been villains, and now I want to destroy them, and then we fuel him and them. Like that's what he wants. That's what he wants. That's how he makes money, and it's the it's the most obvious trick in the world to the point where it's even known as a phrase of divide and conquer, and that's what he does, and he's happy to do it. And when you have a movie like Smokey and the Bandit that brings everyone together and it's a super fucking riot, like that is anti-Trumpism. Like admitting that other Americans are not the devil is actually healthy for your country. <laughs> like that we're all good people that like a good time that like cores right. and drive fast cars and it's fun and that that's the problem i have when i watch movies like don't look up because that's right. about like look at those idiots yeah you can't like you have to this is like that's to to sum it all up like i mean including my my problem with the with how we argue for the police to be a better institution is like looking for others to blame when it's our own responsibility only makes the problem worse that's it. Like, that's it. That's the problem. Like you, like we've been encouraged to blame other people and we take that instead of taking responsibility and actually changing it. Like that's irresponsible. And that when you have something like if your, if your country is healthy, then you have whatever today's version of smoking the bandit is, you have that, you know, instead of movies that are built to shame the other side that you hate which there are a lot of like don't look up. I mean, like I, I actually like don't look up, but I think it's flawed in exactly the way you describe. Yeah. It's just saying, look how, look at these morons. So like, well, if you say, look at these morons, then you've lost 50% of the people that you need in order to change things. That's a big problem. Yep. They're not going to go, Oh, 
You're right. I, I am a dumbass. I, I am a dumbass. It's my fault. Yeah, it's exactly. my fault that I've been yeah. believing Trump this whole time. You're the good guys, and I'm a bad guy. Yeah, oh, now I agree. Right. Yeah. Right. Good, right, good luck. Right. <laughs> Best of luck to you in that argument. It's not going to work. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so like, I love this movie. I've loved it since it was a little kid, and I bought all the toys. I had a little plastic really? Trans Am. I like. I love that stuff. I love that stuff. And I still love that stuff. I watched the movie a lot. And it's got that truck with the big freaking horse scene on the side of it. It's hysterical. It's great. And it like, it makes light fun of itself and if it's of the, of the culture that it also loves. And it has great, great car stunts in it. Great. Yes. Terrific. Incredible. It's outside the Blues Brothers. It's like some of my favorite silliness. Well, Blues Brothers just goes like, let's see how far we can go to insanity. (laughs) Yeah. Blues Brothers is truly insane, but this yeah, is like this how is like, many cars were destroyed. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Illinois Nazis. They hate Illinois Nazis. <laughs> Which is funny. That's also political. All right. Yes. Well, true. listen, guys. Uh, I, I thought this was a lot of fun. I thought this was uh, a good. There was uh, a lot of laughs. A lot of a lot laughs. That's a funny episode. That was fun. Yeah. A lot yeah, of yeah. anger about French Connection, but I chilled out and I joined the party again. That's okay. Yeah, yeah you were getting heated about oh, that. I got fucking heated about that stuff, man. Art, you know, I, there's nothing that makes me angrier. When than, you when you change art? When you fucking fuck with art. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. My, Let's just take the statue of David and put a giant freaking fig yeah. leaf in front of his junk. Yeah. yeah. Come on, man. Like, don't, don't talk to me about how the right is banning books when you are doing this. Like it's the same thing. It's it's the same thing. Don't do it. Don't do it. Right. Yeah. That yeah. is that. It's like uh, my it's my. Weird. Favorite... They haven't made a statement about it. It's just kind of sneaky. because what like this because the there's no way to make a sn- statement that doesn't trip itself up. So they just don't say anything because what yeah. they're what they're if they're honest statement would be like we have lots of deals with the uh, chicken joint Popeyes and people are starting to realize that the name of their chicken joint is actually a brutal racist cop and they're getting a lot um like chick-fil-a has already taken a giant hit for being uh, uh anti-lgbtq and we don't want to get mixed up in all that stuff so we're just taking these words out and they just don't even think about it past that like what it what what it says what it changes in the movie anything there's like doesn't matter it's just data and money and that would be the honest statement like we don't fucking care is an honest statement we want to keep on making your money the end yeah and it's That's absolutely depressing. fucking disgusting to me. Nothing more disgusting than this. That's Disney, though. Yeah, they don't give a shit. We've got to turn this around. Yep. We can't so end on take that. Take us note. out. Take us no, out, Chris. No, we can't end on that. So yeah. what happens at the end of Chicken, oh, the Chicken and Abandoned? Chicken in the Sea. <laughs> Smoky and Abandoned is they do bring the beer in just in time, right through the banner. But they're still being chased with So they hand over. They get their cash. Or they're about to get their cash when they like, okay, all right, double or nothing. And like, no, 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 we get the cash. It's like, double or nothing. You're in Georgia. We feel like some clam chowder. <laughs> we want it back in 18 hours. Roll credits. <laughs> and they're like, 18 hours, double or nothing. All right, yeah. they're done. So they escape. They get out of there. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course, there's a, the last confrontation over the CB radio with uh, with the, with uh, um, the Jackie Gleason. Yep. And they're like, ah, I can't be bad here. Look over your shoulder. And he realizes <gasps> he's known who he was the whole time, right? Yep. Right. And so that's, <laughs> yep. Uh, and then they, they take off, and that's the end of the. And that's the beginning of Smoking the Bandit, too. I, like, I, lo- I love How many that. did they do? Three? I think three. They think they did three, but they did. 
Did they come back with a clam chowder for the second one? I don't remember the second one very well. I don't even know. If it might be I good. do remember there was an elephant involved. There was smuggling yeah, the, an elephant. Once you get into that yes. territory, it's, that gets tricky. That's getting off. That's getting off the an elephant. That's getting off. That's the, called uh, jumping the elephant. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that is jumping the elephant right there. <laughs> that is jumping the elephant. There was smuggling an elephant. So there was beer, and then it was an elephant. Just good. Fun and they had time. Don DeLuise, and of course we all love Don DeLuise. Yeah, he's funny. It's fun, fun man, fun man. <sighs> Now, I'm more of a Cannonball Run fan. The original Cannonball Run is, if you're looking for absolutely yeah, empty that nonsense, good. that is a funny-ass film. Kind of like Mad, Mad, Mad World kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so pure dopey. My favorite slapstick movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Silent movie. Would, yes. Oh, my God, Eric. Silent movie? Kismet. Nice. Nice. Silent absolutely. Movie. Silent movie. And if you haven't seen Silent oh, Movie, Marcella Marceau. Marcel Marceau says no. the only line in yeah. the movie. Yep. Also stars Don DeLuise. It is obviously a Marty uh, Feldman. A I think film. it was his last movie. Is was that true? Really his last mm-hmm. movie, yeah. yeah. I love he died Michael. of a heart attack. Ah, it's a drag. He's so, he was great. Truly hilarious guy. He was good. But it had like the cameo galores of all the yeah. very serious actors. Yep. Paul Newman was in it. Yep. Uh, oh, I have to see, I have to see that again. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. Oh, because I, I like. But it's the... just slapstick after slapstick after slapstick. I mean, it's it it makes airplane look like a like a snoozer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> run silent. Run it deep. makes airplane seem like a talkie film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the the um uh because uh, I like I like Mel Brooks so much that like I'm one of the funniest Mel Brooks gags I think is in Dracula Dead and Loving It. Like that's how how broad i go with but with okay. mel brooks like dracula dead and loving it when they go in to kill uh lucy lucy's um uh, you know um she's been turned to a vampire she's gonna you know wait oh she's she's lying dead in her coffin right and uh and harker has to go in and, and kill her and uh and he's like walks in and says oh my god she's dead and mel brooks is uh you know the vampire killer and he goes she is nosferatu and he goes <laughs> Oh my God, she's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, she's dead. Oh my God, she's Italian. And he explains to him how, like, how he's got to like, put the stake over the heart and drive it home, and then drive it home with the uh, with the hammer. Yeah. Puts the hammer in, knocks the hammer down one time, and it explodes with blood. Right, and which is funny enough, but the second time you see that scene, if you go back and rewatch the scene, he's like, Mel Brooks is okay. Just put the nail over the heart and get ready and you see Mel Brooks like sneaking away because he knows how much blood is coming <laughs> like it's too good man too good so yes I'll watch Silent Movie again. okay Silent Movie is hilarious what's funny uh quite a quick story about that we uh we uh we bought the DVD or something for my wife's parents mm-hmm. right and they put it in and they thought their TV was broken. It was broken. It's, <laughs> it's a silent the movie. Wasn't coming out. It's in and the title. And I realized, like, oh, it's called Silent Movie. It literally is a silent movie. Right. Uh, and it was just really, really funny. <laughs> That's absolutely And right. relates back to Bullet, where we said, might as well be a silent movie. <laughs> might as well be a silent movie. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. There it is. Yeah, there Martini go. giant. Nicely done. Martini giant. Okay, I think that's a good place. So we've, we've, we've landed in a nice, soft, comfortable place. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple recommendations I'm going to do. Obviously, I'm going to say 
watch Smoking and a Bandit on no, Netflix. Fun as hell, it man. is fun it as is hell. it is well not just because it's fun as hell. It looks good. Like it's a this great is how print. movies should need to be restored <laughs> yes. and look good great and print. feel fun. And yep. I think that is something that we should definitely do. I wish that Bullet was as good when I rented yep. it on Amazon. It's a little beat up. It's a little beat up. Yeah. A little beat up, but it's definitely not uh, unwatchable. It's, it's good but, that uh, that uh, Netflix did this because I tried to watch Netflix's print of Psycho, and it was literally like someone filmed it with a 16 millimeter camera yeah, off it was like of a, a TV ver- version it was of it. So yeah. bad, so bad. Yeah. So yeah. yes. Okay. So so that's that's the first thing. The other thing I was going to say is you know, uh, find silent movie and definitely look at that. Uh, uh, I'm going to tell you two guys. Uh, if I find Le Magnifique on Canopy, I'm going to send the link. But if anyone else wants to see it, I'm going to highly recommend. I'm like I, I actually just want to watch that film again because I, I've seen it like a, a million times. But it's been, you know, thirty years, forty years since I've, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do that. Uh, also remember, please, uh, you know, join our Discord. We'd love to have you there. That's lots of great conversation. Actually, Discord is very active. Very, very active. So mm-hmm. please, please be part of that. We talk about a good fun time. It's true. But good fun time where more of these conversations happen. Um, and if you don't know our Discord link, uh, just go to our YouTube, which is youtube.com slash at Martini Giant. And uh, any of our videos should have a link to our Discord in there. And if you'd like to support us, of course, remember, Patreon is actually our best place to support us. Uh, because they pay out more than Twitch. Sorry to say mm-hmm. you Twitch, but uh, uh, we get 90% Wait, as opposed to 70%. Right. Um, or 50%, actually. So so we'd appreciate the Patreon support. And that is patreon.com slash martini giant. All right. Uh, all right. I'm going to stop all the promo stuff. But uh, for now. There we go. You know, that's We're done. Uh, good car, just have good podcast. Good podcast. Sorry, it's all, all, all over the place, but to- you know. totally inconsistent, but very fun. <laughs> yeah, it was everywhere, every, everything, all at once. That's very true. Yeah, and then I'm, I'm sure you guys. Uh, tried. All right, you guys, ready? All right, let's do it. Ready, Eric? You got it. All right, drink, talk, drink. <laughs>